So we got the numbers out of Georgia for the turnout in the GOP primary, and it is almost double the numbers from the previous midterm in 2018, almost double. And I saw that, and I thought to myself, how do you go from 600,000 Republican voters to 1.1 million? Well, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can destroy the economy. You can send $62 billion to an Eastern European war. You can pull security off the southern border and have a bunch of illegal immigrants flood the country. You can then put many of those younger illegal immigrants on planes and fly them around the country in the cover of night, much to the chagrin of many Republicans. Those are all, uh, those are ways you can do it. But something else happens when you do that. Not only do you rile up Republicans to come out and vote nearly double the numbers, you convince a bunch of Democrats to switch parties. And that's what it looks like is happening. There is from the uh, AJC.com, the Atlanta Journal Constitution, I believe it is, 7% swing. So about 7% of Democrats, between 7 and 10%, switched from Democrat to Republican in this primary. Now, that's massive, but that doesn't account for the entirety of all of the Republicans coming out to vote. This is what I've been saying. It's not going to be a red wave. If these numbers hold, if this is the trend we're seeing, it's not even going to be a red tsunami. It is going to be a red great flood, and the Democrats will need to prepare their arc now because they're going to get wiped out of federal federal government and possibly even state government. Stacey Abrams is saying she's going to be the governor. If 7 to 10% of Democrats have flipped parties, you're not winning anything. So these are these are huge numbers, but there's a lot that's going to happen between now and then. So we will see. We got a bunch of other news as well. Beto O'Rourke is just a, he's a nasty guy. He stood up at a press conference for this tragedy in Texas and starts yelling some political nonsense about the, the governor. And parents were booing him like, dude, that's inappropriate. So we'll talk about that. Plus, we got Joe Biden. He said something about deers wearing Kevlar again, and everyone's just face palming like, dude, come on. You know, so we got to talk about that. We got George Soros saying that the war in Europe with Ukraine could be the end of civilization. Certainly, we have a lot of things to talk about. AOC says she wants to get rid of her Tesla because Elon Musk said she was hitting on him. Walmart's apologizing for selling Juneteenth ice cream. Oh, man, there's a lot going on. Joining us to talk about all this, we got a couple people, but we have Will Witt. Introduce yourself, good sir. I'm Will Witt, live in Los Angeles, California, work for PragerU for about the last five years, 25 years old, 160 pounds. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, what's your sign? Uh, I think Virgo. But Virgo? Yeah. You're not sure? Okay. Yeah, I don't wear oh, crystals and those kind of things. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, what, what, you're, you, what do you do? Like, What's your official role? Yeah, so basically at PragerU, I'm a political commentator. I create a lot of the man-on-the-street videos you guys have ever seen for PragerU, a uh, national best-selling author of How to Win Friends and Influence Enemies, done a couple short documentaries. Uh, podcasting, all, all sorts of different hats that I've done. So marketing, social media, anything really to to help the conservative movement and to help truth with PragerU, that's that's what I do. Cool. We also have Ava. Yes. Yes. I'm uh, first and foremost Will Witt's fiance. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm, uh, I'm a lawyer. I'm from the Netherlands and uh, I write. I'm a political commentator, right over there. But I, I mean, everything's international nowadays. So I talk a lot about, well, basically everything. Um, yeah. I actually only got your first name. That's why I only said your first name. Yeah, yeah that's Vlardingerbroek. I can say it. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Vla- it's Vlardingerbroek. Oh. Vlardingerbroek. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh-huh. you can say Vlardingerbroek. That's how. That's yeah. how Tucker Carlson said it. Oh. Yeah. What does it mean? It basically Vlardingen is a is well, <laughs> Broek <laughs> itself means it means pants, but not in this context. Vlardingen is a city 
in huh. the south of the Netherlands. And uh, Broek is sort of a swampy area near that city. So oh, okay. there you go. Swampy area. Cool. That's my last <laughs> name. Well, you would area. wear pants yeah. in if you were in the area? Like so See, you'll get all reaches on your leg or something? Uh, well, in this in this context, it has nothing to do with pants. Yeah. But Broek on, in and of itself is, is also pants. So, yeah. That's so, wild. Mm, there cool. you go. It's got kind of a breathy sound to it, that language. Mm. Flardinger Broek. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, yeah. Well, wait till you hear our Gs. They're not so breathy. Well, g- give me one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like that. Good. What's up, everybody? Ian Crosslin, happy to be here. Let's keep. Let's roll this over to Lydia. Yeah, what thanks, are you thinking, Liz? Thanks, Ian. Yeah. I'm here in the corner. I'm excited to have my lady, as always. This was an unexpected surprise, and I'm delighted to have some international conversation tonight. Head over to TimCast.com if you'd like to support us directly. There's going to be a members-only show going up around 11 or so p.m. tonight. We do this Monday through Thursday. As a member, you'll get access to those exclusive segments. You'll also be supporting our journalists and our engineers. Because check this out. On the homepage right now, we have created this new feature where the live player shows. It says, watch live now. And there's a red flashing light. And it has the YouTube player and the chat. However, because the chat is subscriber only, you have to be logged in. I'm not sure you can actually use the chat, but you can watch it. We are still developing the infrastructure and still building it out. With your support, we're going to do a whole lot of really, really cool things. We have some uh, uh, other big announcements coming really, really soon. I keep teasing this because I think it's going to be happening any day now, but... We are doing a lot on the infrastructure side to get away from big tech in Silicon Valley to make ourselves more resistant to censorship. So with your support at TimCast.com, we will do that. Don't forget, smash that like button right now. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show wherever you can. If every single person watching right now shared this, we would be bigger than the corporate press overnight. Now, let's get into that first big story. And I'm going to start with this tweet from Ryan James Gerdusky. He says, Georgia GOP primary turnout by year. In 2018, 608,380. In 2022, 1,109,506. That is almost double. So as I mentioned in the intro to this show, for those that have, didn't see it, there's a lot of a lot of ways you can accomplish that. You know, I was saying like destroying the economy is one of those ways. I think that certainly shocked a bunch of people. $5 a gallon gasoline is going to get a lot of people to the polls. But I also think it's going to get a lot of Democrats to switch. And that's a contributing factor. Check this out. From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, data shows thousands of Democrats voting in GOP primary. They say 7% of Georgia voters who cast a GOP ballot previously polled a Democratic ballot two years ago. If that's true, and you actually go down and look at the Democrat numbers, it looks like Democrats dropped by about 7%. Republicans jumped by about 7%. So it, lo- it looks like Democrats may have dropped anywhere from 7 to uh, 10%. Republicans jumped 7%. Well, they're trying to say that that's some ploy by the Democrats to make it make, get the candidates that they want and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's nah, nonsense. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. The thing that really matters about this that, you know, I live in Los Angeles, California, and people are going to be liberal there until the world ends. It's going to be an apocalyptic leftist nightmare forever. And so what I think is important is that it's about the children. I think that this is the most about the schools, what's happening with the transgender movement and what's happening with our education system. I think we saw what happened in Virginia. And I think that if we continue on the path as conservatives hammering on education, then we're going to be able to continue to switch voters. You switch independent voters, you switch Democrat voters over to Republican. And if you have Republicans who come out and say, listen, my number one priority is education. My number one priority is your kids, because the left thinks that the schools own your kids. The parents shouldn't have a say in your kids' lives. If conservatives and Republicans keep pushing on that, then you you will win. You I, will switch people over. I think it was might have been James Lindsay who said this. 
that the Democrats are turning parents into a voting block. Yeah. That's well, just crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm speaking at all these rallies, all these different things, especially, again, in California, you know, whether they're COVID rallies or education rallies. And I've said this a thousand times before. This is a revolution of normal people. Like these people who come to these rallies, they're not the people who are going to the 2016 Trump rallies, you know, MAGA and, and, and their hats on and everything with Confederate flags. These are parents who just said, I'm fed up with this nonsense. I'm going to oh, I want to change my community. That was true in 2016. Yeah. I, I went to a bunch of these Trump rallies. We've talked about it tons of times where the people I met were like, I'm not a Republican. I've never voted Republican. Yeah. I remember I was in Fort Lauderdale and I was talking to some middle-aged woman and she was so excited. She had her kids and they were about to watch Trump speak. And so I was just asking people covering the rally, like, what's your position? You know, are you a Republican? She's like, oh, no, no, I've never voted before. She's like, wow. no one's ever spoken to me the way Trump has when talking about these issues that affect my community. And I was like, wow. So we saw that. We saw Trump lit up areas that just people wouldn't turn out for. Right. And at the same time, the Democratic Party, I mean, they basically immolated when they they they, they ruined Bernie Sanders in 2016 with the Hillary Clinton DNC scandal where they, they colluded, essentially, when the emails came out, you could find to, to keep him from getting the nomination. And then with, again in 2020, when it looked like Bernie Sanders was hot, and then all of a sudden Biden appears out of nowhere and they put this near demented guy, this 79-year-old man or 78-year-old man into office. I, I have my faith in that and the leadership of that party is is gone compared to where it was 15, 20 years ago. And you made a good point about education. That was what I thought at the top of the show when Tim was leading us in. I think that's a big, big part of this is the education is that kids have been getting put in this in these government facilities and are without oversight are being indoctrinated, essentially. And it's people have had it. Yeah. I mean, they should put cameras in all the classrooms. Mm -hmm. The numbers doubling. I mean, that's crazy. It's almost doubling. The amount of GOP turnout. That's crazy. Isn't it a lot uh, COVID as well? I mean, the way yeah. that they handled all the, the COVID restrictions that normal people who wouldn't say, oh, I'm necessarily Republican are fed up with the way that they handled that. That's I mean, that thing. goes beyond yeah. politics as well. Mm -hmm. I think I, I really do just think all of those things are an issue, but the economy. Yeah. It's right. the it's the economy, stupid, is the famous quote. Well, they did polls on it. Yeah, they show the jobs and the economy. I mean, I hope that MSNBC just keeps talking about January 6th and insurrection <laughs> and all those kind of things because Let it doesn't mean it. anything to people. You know what? There's one thing that did it. The Federal Reserve. No, 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 no. There's one thing. <laughs> That's a jail, right? Yeah. One thing all of you at home participated in. It. And do you know what that one thing was that caused this big shift? Putting those little stickers of Joe Biden pointing at gas prices, <laughs> saying, I did that. Yeah. How many regular people went to the gas pump and they went, what? And then they saw Joe Biden. I did that. Well, and then they, they... He did do that. And yeah, he did do that. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Five bucks. Yeah, I err on the side of that the economy was on its way down anyway with this mass printing of money since 2008. And Obama bailed out Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. But mm -hmm. Biden shutting down the pipelines definitely accelerated the process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, since the meeting at Jekyll Island. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny, I, I blame Rockefeller. Yeah. Yeah. You, ever, you ever see the time travel meme? Where Which it's one? like what women it's the what's the oh, yeah. like what women mm -hmm. would do and it's yeah. like the woman's like I'm your grand I'm I'm, I'm your, your granddaughter, granddaughter. And she's like wow and then the, the for the men it's a guy in full tactical gear yeah. and then we have uh, to stop this meeting well yeah. the, the, there's another guy wearing like a World War One helmet with rifle and it's like Jekyll Island 1910 and he's, and he's like trust me trust me great grandfather yeah. we have to do this we have yeah. to do it. if you say so yeah Andrew Jackson knew yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah, shot they did. shot that guy yeah he broke up like what was it the second central bank yeah. Yep. The and US. then they put him on the 20 as like to slap him Spice. in the face. I know. Yeah. The founding fathers since the beginning have warned us against central banks and that mm -hmm. we should, Congress is supposed to control our money. But as, 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 as much as I think people who are savvy might understand there's an issue with the centralized control of your currency. 
for the average person, they can't see that far. They can see first layer issues and problems. They can see, yo, I make 15 bucks an hour. All the Democrats claim that was a living wage. I can't buy gas. And so they're just like, make the gas cheaper. Don't care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's it. No, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can, I'll give, I mean, if, if your gas is only going up a couple cents and maybe it's $20 a month, like, I think mm-hmm. that people need to take also some responsibility and say, okay, if it's only going up this much a month, but it's not in just the gas. I mean, we can talk about gas, but it's in every single facet of our economy because the gas affects how your, how much your food costs. I yep. mean, it affects, and you have this, this war in Ukraine and Russia and everything it affects how much the food costs. I mean, there's a lot more than just the price of gas that's affecting people, especially then the new housing bubble. Uh, there's a lot going on. I found out why I haven't gotten Starlink yet. Why? So I ordered Starlink a while ago. It is well, partly. (laughs) It's the it's the supply chain. It's the it's the silicon chips. Yeah. So the shortages. Oh yeah. Harumph, I say. Well, that's the same with cars. Right. Cars. They have special chips that can like like BMW dealership. They have special chips that only go in the cars, and they're only made in one place. Yeah. And because of that, that is all shut down essentially because these supply chain issues. It makes it so that they can't get these chips for the BMWs and other cars. You know. You know. The price up. Yeah. Elon Musk said he was going to vote Republican. Yeah. And I tweeted, Democrats should start to ask themselves why they're losing people. And they don't care. The response on Twitter was like, rich guy doesn't want to pay taxes. Surprise, surprise. And I'm like, you had a rich guy who just paid more taxes than anyone anyone else in history who was voting for your people. But I think they never cared. If you call people deplorables, you surely mm-hmm. don't care how they feel yeah. about you. Yeah. Yep. That's a, that's, a, that's a really good point. So I, I was talking about how during COVID, Joe Biden, he would say things like, here's what we have to do and we're going to lock these things down. And I'm like, he's talking about things that red states aren't doing which means he's clearly not talking to Republicans at all. That's amazing. But if you go back to Hillary Clinton, you know, the deplorables, hmm. there, there, there was, there, there's, this country has been divided for a long time. It's just been getting worse. I wonder if the real issue is not that the country is getting more divided, but that we can really see what the other people think when they tweet it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I, I was thinking, like, it, it, what's what's – Obviously, there was chaos under the table, and we've lifted the the sheet. Now we see the chaos, but is that making it more chaotic that we can see it, or are we just now aware that it's been chaotic? Well, I think that, I mean, going back to, to Marx and Marcuse and the Frankfurt School, you'll find that leftism as an ideology is revolutionary in nature. If you're going to have this ideology be ruling these people's lives, then... That's what they're going to be pushing for. And they will put it under the guise of, oh, helpfulness and morality, helping everyone, equality. They'll put it under those sort of umbrella terms. But really, it's a revolution or an ideology based on destruction. That's what it is. Critical theory, in essence, not just critical race theory, critical gender theory, any of these, all it is is destruction. Critical theory itself, the original Marxist ideas. Is it based like the idea that you want to kneecap your opponent metaphorically? Is that all based on like you must tear down the other to acquire their level of equality? Well, yeah, that, that's Marxist in view. Yeah, I mean, that's really what it comes down to is that other people have something that you don't and you want to take it from them to make it equal for everyone. I mean, that's from layman's terms, but yeah. Just greedy people. Mm. Yeah, exactly. everyone else it's who the, has more than you is greedy. It's lazy, the, too. That's oh, the, the craziest thing to me is like my view, my, my perspective on the world is that you are owed nothing and you deserve nothing but hope that you will get what you've worked for and things like that, right? You can work as hard as you want, and typically that does lead to success. Perseverance does lead to success. There's a a possibility you could work really, really hard, and then you get Julian Assange. Mm -hmm. You know, someone comes and just screws you over. So I look at, like, the formula shortage. And there are so many people who are like, why isn't the government providing for us? Why isn't the government giving us 
these things. I see all these memes in the leftist where there's like, the problem is there's only four companies that make formula. And I'm like, and what if there were zero? It's the craziest thing that you think the government should intervene because there aren't enough. No, we, we the, the government intervening was the problem in yep. the first place. We need market competition to actually start saying, okay, we need more baby formula. The problem is the government shut down everything. The government shut COVID. down the world from COVID. That's the right. craziest part. I'm getting really tired of the where, where's the government to save me mindset. Like in the Texas shooting, they were like, where were the police? And I'm like, they well, there. they were outside. You know, <laughs> they're, they're, there, yeah. they're doing their police stuff. Yeah. Doesn't mean that they can stop all the crime. Right. Neva, you know this about the f- the formula that's in Europe versus the formula that's here. Oh, yeah. The reason why the formula is so bad here is because of the government. I mean, I've seen the ingredient lists. They're totally different. Yeah. Like what's in here? In it here? I don't know what you're feeding your baby. Corn syrup bad. solids. Oh, really yeah. bad. Mm-hmm. A lot of soy. It's very strange. Do you know off the top of your head what the ingredients, some of the ingredients are? Right. It was a lot of soy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. what, what There's else? There's like corn canola starch. oil and something. Yeah. Corn, oil. Corn, corn syrup yeah. solids. Corn syrup. Yeah. Corn exactly. syrup. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. One of the crazy things is that baby foods have too much salt in them because parents taste it mm-hmm. to see yeah, if it's okay. good. Yeah. And adults can't taste as well as a kid can. So they're like, mm, oh, that's good, you know, and salty. And then they give their babies too much sodium. Mm. Oh, man. That well, makes look, people's look. hair thin. Watch out. There is an issue, I suppose, in that we have built the civilization off of these, these technologies like formula, like petroleum, fossil fuels, and things like that. And then when it comes about that you can't get them for whatever reason, we're going back to the dark ages. We're going back to the way things were. I don't look at that. And think the solution is government. I look at that and say human society and civilization was unable to get to that point. But when you can see the government actually impeding, you're like, actually, we, we probably would continue to grow and, 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 and thrive were it not for the intervention of this harsh regulation. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's true. And that's an interesting point. I remember when this first happened, I wrote about it because I was like, my first thought was not we need the government to step in and save us. My first thought was, how did my great grandmother do this? Breast because feet. they did, right, she would breastfeed. And if you can't, you would get like a wet nurse. Some women can't for whatever reason. Um, and if you adopt a child, we want to encourage adoption. So you need to figure out a, a way to get around that. So they would use wet nurses. They would use these other different kinds of milk. But at no point did they say, we need a government agency to step in and make this happen. Yeah. It's insane. Who was this woman? I don't remember, but I saw something on Twitter. It was a woman who tweeted about this. She said, like, oh, what, why don't we, you know, breastfeed more? Oh, yeah. And some, she some celebrity. got a massive she got amount. Of, yeah. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> crazy. Like, as if it was the most scandalous thing to suggest. Well, yes, but there is... I feel like there's a lot of guilt assigned to women who aren't able to breastfeed to the point where it just feels like they're being attacked and they have a very emotional response as right. women tend to do. So it's like, uh, they view it as very much like a personal. Oh, that's thing. obviously very sad, but I mean the yeah, way yeah. that that woman was like destroyed yeah. for just, you know, just one tweet. I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, it's it's so top. with the formula thing, it's interesting. People have, have pointed out that not all women can breastfeed. Right. And okay. So what would we, what would we do in the past? Wet nurses. Right. So one woman who was producing too much would, the baby would, you know, get nourished from her, I suppose. It's kind of crazy thought when you realize that we have to use a technology to feed our babies. Well, that's like one thing conservatives won't admit is that the Industrial Revolution in its essence actually weakened the family unit throughout no, the West. Sure. But conservatives exactly. don't want to have that conversation. Usually about the free market, but yeah. Think, think about the future, what the future is going to be like. Be, I, I mean, I think where we're headed right now is a future where no one breastfeeds at all right. for a variety of reasons. One, you, got, you don't even have to carry the baby in your own womb anymore with yeah. ectogenesis. So. Exactly. We've talked about that. Artificial wombs mm-hmm. that are coming. Yeah, so, China. And, and you know what the crazy thing is? I hear from the left. This is what they were tweeting at me. I said, you know, why kill the baby? Cause the Democrats were, you know, I don't want to rehash the whole abortion thing. 
But Democrats wanted to pass a, an ab- abortion up to the point of birth for the health of the mother if the baby's viable. I'm like, that's the question. The baby's viable, it can survive. Why kill it? And when uh, on Twitter I tweeted about this, some of the responses I got was, why should a woman have to destroy her body? And then I was just like, that's interesting. That's how you see it. That's they how view they see it, it that way. Yeah. They view it as destroying your body. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. There's like a bunch of women who have had like five kids and they're fit and their bodies mm-hmm. are just fine. Right. Does time also destroy your body? Yes. I mean, yes, then. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Does, yeah. We need government yeah. legislation on time. That's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Restrict it now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Motion will slow. That's, that's all. Time Health, is just a... Healthcare is a really good example of what I'm trying to convey with this idea. And it's that there was a story, I think it was out of Atlanta, where a kid had a genetic disorder and there was a cure, a, gene- a genetic therapy that cost a million dollars per treatment. And so the family was like, the state should pay for it. And the state was like, we cannot give a million dollars for one kid because what are we going to do? Give it to everybody? We can't afford that. The issue is the medicine now exists because it's created. And these people say, therefore, we deserve it. That's fascinating. So my response to a lot of these people who say healthcare is a human right, I'm like, let's say you have a disease that has no cure. You just resign yourself, I suppose, to the fact you have no cure. But then all of a sudden, someone invents a cure through hard work, through heavy investment, and now it's a right? Now you are... That's crazy to me. That would be like saying cell phones are a human right. Technology that doesn't exist, you have no right to, but as soon as someone invents it, it's your right? That makes no sense. like, I'm hungry, so your food is my right. Like, that's not... We've obviously decided that's not the way society works. So this is this is the ultimate problem I see. Uh, I shouldn't say the ultimate problem, but this is a big problem I see with modern politics in that a lot of what you hear from the left is... Something exists, therefore it's my right. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bro, that didn't exist for our parents. Like, there, there's cure for disease, cures for diseases today that there were no cures for 30 years ago. No one went around being like, I, I should have a right to have that disease cured. And they'd be like, there's no cure. What are you talking about? You, you have no, there's nothing. Someone invents it. So, so I suppose like the issue is if we all come together and put billions of dollars in investment in big companies to invent one cure, who gets it? I mean, it's some, whoever can fund the development of it. Yeah. But people on the left often will just look at the world. It's not just about medicine. It's about every aspect of it. I have a right to what currently exists, period. You don't. You can work for it. You can try and earn it. Some things have gotten cheaper. Look, poor people, I tell you this, man, poor people today live better than Rockefeller did. They got refrigerators. They got air conditioning. They got clean running water, better, better dental care than, mm-hmm. than the ultra wealthy back 120 years ago. I think that you, you do want to make sure people get their needs met at the very least, because otherwise then they go towards might is right and they'll seize control or take the goods for themselves by force. And that yes. uh, doesn't work either. Yes. But listen, listen, but then you got to have the I mean, then if you're talking about the government coming in, is that but we're Ian, talking about hungry militia stepping no, no, in no, no, no. Listen, your listen. land's mine now. Yeah. Everything's a need. All right. When before the era of formula, you couldn't feed your baby. You couldn't feed your baby. You have a need. You need food for your baby. Too bad. What are you going to do? You got your, your your wife didn't produce enough milk. Hopefully, there's a wet nurse. Mm-hmm. Now that formula exists, it becomes a need. Like you, the baby always needed food, but we created a way to sustain that. So, oh yeah, technology. At first, cell phones were a great thing. It made your job easier. Now you have to have one. You can't have a job unless they can get in touch with you and you have an email account. Email used to be a luxury. Some people didn't think it would catch on. That's interesting about basic needs. Food, shelter, transportation maybe is one. Food and shelter. Because as you invent new types of shelter, then people feel like those are part of their basic needs. That I need that now. I need that solar-powered house mm-hmm. because that's, well, that's look, my look, shelter. Well, look, I was taking Ava around Los Angeles a couple of days ago. And we were going, if anyone is in L.A., you know, the Grove. And there's a market called Erewhon 
over there, which is just a horrible, horrible place. But <laughs> so fancy. So fancy. Just terrible. 20 bucks a smoothie. Not worth <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. And it's like in L.A., you have a society that's very decadent that's built on like, okay, if I have some more money, I can go this kind of store. And if I have even more money, I can go to this type of grocery store. And so then those type of people feel like, okay, well, now I need this organic grass-fed chicken that gets to poop 20 miles away from another chicken, right? They feel like they need <laughs> yeah. that. And so it's like how do you stop where it's like, this is a need and this is a want. How do you define what each one is? Well, once, once you get to the point where a technology is utilized by everybody, it becomes normal. Yeah. Now, today, if you got a job somewhere and didn't have a cell phone, they'd be like, this is ridiculous. It's so inconvenient to get a hold of you. The norm is to have a phone. Right. Now, it's, now it's a need. So over time, everything becomes a need. Mm-hmm. When we invented baby formula, it was like, oh, thank heavens. Now I can feed my child you know, if like, the mother's not nursing. Now you need to have it because so many kids are able to survive. They exist now. Yeah, this is the definition of a success problem because in the past we had infant mortality rates that were absolutely through the roof. It was a huge problem. And for, you know, a culture that says that we don't want more people, we sure do everything in our power to make sure that babies can survive, which I think is great. I think that any sufficiently advanced society absolutely should be pointed in the direction of making sure that the youngest, most vulnerable members of society live better. But you had you had more infant mortality, but people would also have way more kids. Yeah, that's true, I mean, true some too. people would have like seven or eight kids, and if two of them died, that was just how it went. You had population growth. Now you look at the West, and our populations are dying. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're way below the what we're supposed to be having to yeah. have sustainable... I mean, I Russia's mean, going to have like 60% of its population drop by the year 2100. Wow. The, the crazy thing to me is the idea of these these millennial men being like, it destroys your body. And it's just like, that's how you view it is, is a crazy thing. That's to pure me. decadence. Yes. Yeah. Is it because yes. the babies are bigger because of the diet, more like bovine growth hormone and stuff <laughs> in the <laughs> diet? Yeah, basically. RBGH it, yeah. babies. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Maybe. So, so the babies are big and it's really hard on women because we're so gosh darn smart really big heads this is why infants or babies and children need care for so long is because their brains their first of all their heads are incredibly unwieldy for them to hold up and we can barely squeeze them out as it is if they were to develop in the womb any longer we wouldn't be able to give birth and we would just go extinct so it's again that's the definition of success problem because we are so smart we have to they develop outside the womb so much longer than something like a baby elephant that literally hits the ground running and can now get away from predators Mm -hmm. so humans are we're in a different class, and we have much different sets of problems to deal with. Thankfully, we're equipped with IQ right. and all that. I think we're going to survive. Hope so. But let's let's jump to this story from TimCast.com about Beto O'Rourke, a sick oh, SOB, says the town mayor. O'Rourke interrupts Evaldi's school shooting press conference, gets called a sick son of a bee by town mayor. Talk about one of the most disgusting things. Outlook, man. I got... My disagreements with Beto O'Rourke, that's for sure. He's a goofy guy who thinks he can skateboard. He can barely stand on the board as it is. And he says, heck yeah, we're going to take your guns. Okay, those are bad ideas. But this was just the worst. Texas gubernatorial candidate Beto O'Rourke was escorted out of a press conference about the Robb Elementary tragedy on Wednesday after an outburst aimed at current Governor Greg Abbott, saying uh, that the, the governor, it was totally predictable. The governor was, governor was doing nothing. This is the stupidest thing ever. Because Texas has constitutional carry. So what do you mean doing nothing? A a, a crazy person did something really crazy, and Beto has offered no solutions. Not a single Democrat has offered any tangible solution. Not a single one, period. I will say that as a statement of fact. They can come out all the t- all, uh, and offer up their empty ideas and meaningless. They, they love to rag on conservatives. Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. 
What's the difference between common sense gun reform and background checks? It's meaningless. It will do nothing, solve nothing. And it does, what does common sense even mean? Right. They, they're saying the exact same things when they criticize thoughts and prayers. They're offering nothing. Yeah. If you can 3D print a gun, I mean, what does any of that really mean? Exactly. You know, it's, it's the technological age. Again, going back to I mean, that, that's really the future. It, it doesn't really matter. And I don't think Republicans have offered many good solutions either. Mm-hmm. I, I have to say that because no one's getting to the root of the problem, which is the culture. I mean, it's the culture that's a problem that is affecting these young men. I mean, we have failed our young men to a degree that this is happening. I mean, from 1903 to 1960 or 70, I believe, there were three mass shootings in America in total, in total. Really? And and now you have uh, all this happening, I mean, multiple a year. and It's a problem of culture. It's, it is narcissism. Yeah. I think modern America and many other countries in the world, I can only speak for the culture here, is just... We are we are uh, sitting beneath a blanket of narcissism, especially for the millennial generation. And what do you think that stems from? Man, I I don't know. I think it probably is rooted in this idea that you know when I was growing up, I was told you can be anything you want to be, like an astronaut or a rock star, all of these things. Where is the humble culture that says there is something special in a good hard day's work? Be a carpenter. You know what I'd say? I, if I if I think about that a little bit more, I would say it's society that asks nothing of people, like of young men, for example, and, and certainly not the things that we used to think were good qualities for young men to have. If you ask nothing of young people, what will they do? They'll mm. just sort of think only about who, how they are, how they feel, who they are, and therefore will become narcissistic because there's nothing that society demands of them. I saw this uh, libs of TikTok video oh, just gosh. before the show. Huh. It was this woman talking about her polyamorous relationships. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I call it a polycule because it's like a molecule, but it's like all the different relationships we have. And then she made like, you ever see those conspiracy theory wall things <laughs> where they take the red twine? Yeah. And the <laughs> it was that, but all the people she was like married, she was married to one guy dating another guy. And she says, it's just the funniest thing ever. She goes, okay, let me show it to you now. At the center is me. And I was, I just bust out laughing when I heard that. I'm like, mm. I know that she doesn't mean it's all about me necessarily, but that's, that's what it is. That's what it conveys. That's all yeah. about what it is. My life, my experience, and nothing else. The people who are this, oh, it's, it's funny, the socialists are the most selfish people I've ever met. Oh, yeah. Ironic. I mean, I've, uh, you guys are a little bit older than me, but I talk to a lot of men my age and older, maybe a little bit younger. How, how old talk, are you? 25. Hundred sixty pounds. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I'll talk to a lot of young men, and they'll be like, "We'll be talking about World War Two or World War One or something, or you know, even medieval knights or something." And they'll say, "Man, I wish I could have been there. I wish I could have been fighting in something like this, or been a part of something." Yeah, like Yeah, you this. see again that they it, society asks nothing of them, so they crave yeah. those types of things. There's nothing for them to do. There is no great war for them. There's no great purpose for them. They move to San Francisco and work in some marketing department of some new tech startup and. Their life sucks and they have no meaning. There's one thing they can do. Psychoactive drugs, courtesy of pharmaceutical companies like Klonopin for 14-year-olds and stuff. Well, it's basically speed, but legal speed. How many of these shooters are on some sort of drug? I want to know because you see their eyes at half the time. I mean, I see the one guy who looked like the Joker from Batman. His eyes are real wide. The other guy, uh, Lanza or something, had big eyes real wide. Adam Lanza. I, and, and I think this was, was this this person, um, across, cross dressing, the, the shooter in, in that's Texas? That's not real. That was fake. That's okay. That's a fake yeah. meme. Yeah, I don't know if this person mm-hmm. was on some sort of psychoactive, if their parents were on some sort of drug, but I think that's a big part of it. I mean, I mean there are cities in America that run out of Adderall for young men. 
that they prescribe it so much to kids that they run out and have to re-up in these cities. That's a question that needs to be asked about the prescriptions of amphetamines and mind-altering chemicals. I want to read this quote. It's just such a good quote. And for those that have seen Fight Club, you know the quote. Tyler Durden, he says, man, I see in Fight Club the strongest and smartest men who've ever lived. I see all this potential and I see it squandered. An entire generation pumping gas, waiting tables, slaves with white collars. Advertising has us chasing cars and clothes, working jobs we hate so we can buy ish we don't need. We're the middle children of history, man. No purpose or place. We have no great war, no great depression. Our great war is a spiritual war. Our great depression is our lives. We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars, but we won't. And we're slowly learning that fact and we are very, very pissed off. What's amazing is... Man, that, I feel like that, that's, this movie came out, what, like 99? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about what we're experiencing today with millennials. All of a sudden starting to realize they're not going to be celebrities. They're not going to be rock stars. They're not going to be astronauts. Yo, you need to just go get a job. Yep. Well, I love the line in the movie, uh, we're a generation of men raised by women. I'm starting to wonder if another woman is exactly what we need. <laughs> and I think that goes not into just, I love you. I, I, <laughs> I love having a fiance. But in terms of, of a generation of men, we become so weak and that any sort of struggle or outside force that is challenging us is something that we should be fearful of and that we should push away instead of embracing it and saying, okay, we're going to take on this thing that's really hard. You know, I, I think that's I, a really th- important thing. I think, you know, what I've seen over and over again, and it's probably uh, mostly true, Democrats are the party of the higher income earners. Yep. These, these are uh, many of these, co- they're, they're the party of college degrees. They have student loan debt, and they're demanding yeah. the working class pay their debts for them. I mean, it's just it's it is just gluttony. It is just it is just pure gluttony. I spent some time chopping wood. I was like, you know, I've been pretty privileged in my life, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do some manual labor. And <laughs> it was I still had a wood a machine that was like gas powered hydraulic thing. Once I got the huge log up on it, but at the end of the day, I was broken. My body was broken, and I realized why we build machines to do manual labor because it's it's devastating. I couldn't even think. I couldn't be creative. I was like. Uh, fell asleep early. So I understand why people don't want to do that. And no, maybe, you, maybe we don't have to do jobs. I mean, job economy is like Federal Reserve crap. We don't, you know, they want us busy and, and borrowing their money so that we can pay them back with interest. But, but Ian, exercising is not destructive. It's not bad for you. It's good for you. It hurts you, at first. It yeah. wasn't just exercise, though. Yeah. It was like grueling labor as well. It was beyond yeah. exercise. No, but if, if you have to do that type of manual labor day in, day out, of course you're going to have your back ruined earlier on than if you yes. would do another type of job. But that's like back then you would have your family then take over and take care of you. So that's why family structures were and still are so important but become less and less important if you have people lead autonomized lives where they're, the, where they're just behind their computers, you know. and Even community – like you pitch in for the if your neighbor is hurt, you pitch in and mow their lawn for them. But right. if everyone's in their isolated chamber, mm-hmm. you don't even notice. That's exactly pod. the type of life yeah. they have in mind for us. If if that's not clear to people by now, after how they treated us w- during the yeah. COVID pandemic, I don't know how to. I don't know what to tell you. Like it's very clear that that's the type of life that they want you to have. They want you to sit down behind your computer, do your job, meet people in the metaverse, uh, eat your food ordered by you know b- brought to you by a migrant, uh, an illegal migrant probably to your door and then you know that you you didn't make or you meet people on on tinder and that's sort of the life that they want for you i I guess you know if you don't see that by now then i don't know what to tell you i think we're gonna uh at some point see one of the ultimate weapons in fifth generational warfare and that is artificial intelligence indistinguishable from a regular person because then you're in the metaverse 
you go into these chat rooms. They already exist. You get the Oculus. You guys ever do this? And you go, I don't know what it's called, like VR live chat yeah. or something. I've never done it before. And there's like avatars walking around and you can talk to people. You'll walk up to someone and they'll be like, yo, what's up? My name's, you know, John. I'm from uh, Springfield, Illinois. You know, I, I skateboard and, you know, hang out at this bar. And you're going to be like, this is a cool person. And it's not a person. It is a programmed AI meant to control your thoughts and opinions. Or you'll go up to a guy and be like, that's not, that's not a real person. That's an AI. But it will be a real person. And they're like, take me seriously. I just don't have good communication skills. Mm-hmm. I don't think the AI is ever going to have emotions. I think, I think if we have clear enough minds, we'll be able to discern. I don't know, man. They have AI, AI that has consciousness now. Yeah. I mean, Joe Allen reported on that, who you guys had on a couple days ago. I mean, AI with consciousness. How, how is that de- de- determined, yeah. though? Uh, I'd have to go through it. It's one of the competitors from, from Google, one of the... Isn't the, it basically the, the idea that the algorithm is so advanced that they can sort of imitate your thoughts? Yeah, like basically. the algorithm is so good that you wouldn't be able to tell if you're talking to algorithm Will or if you're talking to Will. Look at uh, Twitter already. You'll tweet something and they'll say, you're a bot. Mm-hmm. You can't even have a conversation because everyone's accusing everyone else of not being right. a real person. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We're, w- one of the crazy things I was reading about was uh, they'll take your Facebook profile because they know everything about you. They know when you poop. I, I know it's funny and a lot of people probably laugh, but it's true. They can actually predict when you have to go to the bathroom. They know when you're going to eat because they have all of this data. They know your family. They know how you speak because you've posted for years. They can create an AI bot based on you to actually answer questions about your life. This, this is crazy. I was reading this thing. It was like, your dad could die. And then let's say, let's say you, you, know, you're, you're, uh, you message your dad and say, hey, dad. And he'll say, hey, Tim, how have you been? Mm. Because the profile has family members in it already. It knows everything about you. That was literally the but Black Mirror. That's episode. right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But they'll probably do that and they'll sell it to yeah. you in that way and say, like, oh, isn't it nice that if you, you know, if you lose your husband in a tragic accident and you need to go through therapy and all of these things, like, wouldn't it be great for people to continue talking to them, for example? You know, here's, it might be sold to you that here's, way. Here's the craziest thing, though. Have you guys seen what is it the the the, the haunting I think it is? No, a this scary is a, movie. Yeah, scary movie. Yeah. It's old, old. Yeah. It's the only one I can really think of where you see this, where it's like all of these different people are in the wall and they're like their faces are coming like like they're trapped in it. When you go on to your Facebook page or whatever to talk to a deceased loved one, and they'll have a real conversation with you, and you're sitting there looking at the screen crying, being like, "I miss you, Dad. Man, I miss you." Behind the screen is this disgusting horror monster that with like drooling just creepy empty eyes and it's going I love you too son you're not talking about Zuckerberg are you what I mean is you're getting this filtered message from what appears to be your dad but behind that is an amalgam of all of these monstrous ideas this Mm -hmm. demon creature that it's like imagine a gigantic like just zombie monster with melting face and blood mm-hmm. coming out and then all of a sudden it gets a little girl's voice and starts talking to you like it's your actual daughter you lost in a car accident right. it's like I miss you daddy and you're like that thing is not my daughter that's what you're going to be talking to right well it's like you know taking nicotine patches when you quit smoking versus like mm-hmm. actually just quitting it altogether all it's like Sometimes it can be it can be actually worse for you yeah. by doing it this way, yeah. right? I mean, it's like you should if if someone in your family dies, this is a part of life that everyone has to deal with. But again, this is all about taking away our humanity. Yes, all these things Everything's are taking unnatural. away humanity. Yes, it be- strikes me that there's they don't have emotion. Machines don't have emotion. Even in t- our artificial machines, they have intelligence. We 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 off put our intelligence into these machines so that they can do computer computations. But 
I have yet to see any any form of emotion in any of it. Maybe we need to define what emotion means. Well, if they can emulate emotion through an algorithm, I mean, if they if these people think that they are God who are creating these brain chips and all these other things, this AI, then they think that your brain is essentially just a, a thing working up there that synapses and electrodes and all these kind of things. Then they can emulate that in an AI to create emotions to present to you. I, I, do you believe in the God? Do you guys believe in a God? I, yes. I'm a Christian. A God. I, I really I'm not, but I still believe yeah. that there is a God-like essence that's, whether it's consciousness, the, you know, speaking into our black hole that we're within, that's within another universe that's a black hole where there's all these competing vibrations. I don't know, but I don't think machines can emulate. I don't know. I don't want to say they can't, but I, I've never seen any evidence that they can emulate that. I, I, I think the machine, I got, I got to say, a lot of this sounds demonic. To quote yes. Alex yes. Jones, demons. Mm. Not, mm. not, I don't literally mean like hell spawn rising right. from, you know, cracks in the earth and like, bleh. it's just like this idea that we have simulated, we, we've created a program, a machine to convince you that it's alive, that's a real person, it's a facsimile. It's like you look into a mirror and then just this doppelganger face emerges out and you know it's not a real person. That's a scary thought. That's probably more demonic than what you're talking about, like the real zombies crawling up from the earth. Yeah. Like this is yeah. this is more demonic in a sense that this is something that numbs people down. Mm. So then you don't know what's happening to you. You become the zombie. We are we are right. you know you know what I, I I've criticized free markets uh, often. It's funny when people on you know Twitter is so hyperpolarized they can't possibly imagine I would because I think that one of the results of a, a totally unfettered market is. I guess self gratif- uh, self gratification to the human uh, human mind, like things that make you feel good. What what which is simulated love, mm-hmm. like those AI bots, AI girlfriends you can download or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then you know, video games in general to give you rewards for accomplishing things when you're not really accomplishing anything. Caffeine. I'm about to drink some right now. Mm-hmm. Well, caffeine's a psychoactive stimulant, so we're we're we want it. We want to stay awake. We want to be energized. We want, and it, it it makes you euphoric. I saw Yuval Noah Harari, is one of these World Economic Forum guys, saying like it's drugs and video games. That seems like where yes. they want to put themselves. These useless yeah. eaters. He was referring to them as. I, I, I think yeah. there's a problem with the conservative, he, old school conservative. Oh, oh, so, he called oh, them useless eaters. Yeah, in a clip I saw. It might have been no out of context, way. but yeah, he said. Oh, he says the scariest thing. Yeah. He's like, you really anybody should look that up. Like the the things he says about about transhumanism and the way that we are going to be controlled through transhumanism, through these technologies, it's absolutely scary. Let me see if I can pull up the useless eater clip for him. Yeah. I'm, I, I know that people have made those references. I never knew that one of those guys actually said that. Oh, he says all those things. Yeah. Everything wow. that you think that he does, that is like made up, he it's says it. It's not a conspiracy theory. No, 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 it's real. And he says it like <laughs> at World Economic Forum events where all our leaders are, are convening right now as we speak and nobody seems to care. And news media. It's totally normal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of like, uh, no, I typed in useless eaters on Twitter. I'm looking for it. It's kind of like he's just sees the writing on the wall. Like in one way of looking at the utilitarian way is like, yeah, maybe there is a class of like drugged out use. I don't think they're useless, but what are they going to do? What are these people? If there's no, if there's, are we overpopulated? I don't know. I go both ways. I'm like, no, obviously not. We're just malformed. We can spread out. It is magnetic trains. It is people like him that have resulted in people being useless because they want. Yes. They want you to be mindless consumers. And that's exactly. And that's like going back. Back to it. What is the small government solution for these kind of things? Like you can't just rely on the free market for all these kind of things. When it comes to stuff in schools with kids, I mean, what's a small government solution to stopping the trans ideology being pushed? There's only one solution in its culture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is that we, we have a shared set of values and ideas that, you know, drive us towards something better. 
Agreed. Let's let's jump to this story. We got this from TimCast.com. Indiana legislature overrides governor's veto to enact transgender sports regulations. The ACLU has already challenged the bill in court, citing Title IX. Legislators in Indiana enacted a bill requiring students to compete on sports teams that correlate with their biological sex. Minutes later, the ACLU filed a lawsuit arguing the bill is a form of gender-based discrimination that violates Title IX. And um, I'll just say, I think the ACLU is right. I don't think they're right um, culturally. I think they're right legally. And that's something I've long talked about. You can't have gender segregation under the 1964 Civil Rights Act, under Title IX. So the, the arguments that were made for ending racial segregation make sense. The arguments for ending uh, gender segregation don't make sense. But there's a legal precedent that doesn't care about the distinction. So this is what's happening in schools now. So basically, this bill is trying to say, like, look, I'm going to put it this way for everybody who's not familiar with what's going on or who maybe doesn't understand. There is a female pro skateboarder came out as trans, kept competing against females. Then you get male skateboarders who say that they're actually women and then they compete against females. It only flows in one direction. This is a big part of the problem. This is what these bills are trying to address. If, if we need to create a new league, a new division for, for trans athletes, then sure, maybe that's a solution. But just eliminating the women's division makes no sense. Now, the ACLU is arguing you can't have gender segregation. I think the issue is the law says that. I'm trying to understand exactly what the ACLU is saying because, I mean, the ACLU are the people who tweet out the men have periods. Right, they're they're yeah. they're they're basically nuts, right? Yeah, they're nuts. But, so here's the issue: L- from a legal standpoint, I think they have a correct argument, a legally correct, but not like an actually. What's the right way to ser- say it? Justifiable. Uh, just, right, right, right. Just justifiably, morally like ethical. morally or ethical. Yeah, it's a better way to put it. The 1964 Civil Rights Act: you can't discriminate against a person in public accommodation based on national origin, sex, gender, blah blah blah, whatever, race. So from that, we were like, okay. No more, you know, white restroom and black restroom. It's mm-hmm. all going to be the same. Mm-hmm. But even though the 1964 Civil Rights Act includes gender, we never ended gender, seg- gender segregation for obvious reasons. Men and women are different. And okay, so on the precedent side, you are saying that it is correct because of the Civil Rights Act and how it was enacted. I, th- I think people need to understand that the, the that these laws are not that when when we try to create a logical formula. Right for a, for a cultural problem that is nuanced and and, and is, experience, is is experienced in a gradient uh, way, you will have issues like this. Right. So we're basically saying that we do actually need laws that segregate women from men, in terms of these types of things, whether Perhaps. it comes to sports or yep. any of these. Is that a hot take? I don't know. I mean, that but feels that, pretty that, natural to say. Yeah. Well, so we had a, we had a, I think it was Delano Squires who was on. We were talking about this, and he was like. You can't. You you can travel all over the world and see the differences between men and women are like uniform. Right. Differences between different uh, groups of people in different areas, you know, are different as well. So the issue with race is that it's not a good reason to segregate somebody. Like you say, this you know this guy's white and this guy's black. Well, one dude is Italian and five foot five, and one guy's you know Swedish and six foot five. I mean, race is not the issue right now. So so for like uh, MMA, we do weight categories and things like that. Mm-hmm. Right. For segregating based on race for a bathroom, that makes no sense. But gender experienced all over the world by every single human being, 99.8% you know, of the time is the same. There's a reason why we separate. It, I mean, there's a variety of cultural reasons and then actual physical reasons. But the 1964 Civil Rights Act doesn't include any of that. 
So there would have to be – this would have to be addressed. One of the, one of the issues at play is that they have um, – they, they, they allow segregation at certain universities in like – for gender segregation when it's like a woman in computers program. There was a lawsuit. It was something like this. Some guy sued saying you can't have a woman in computers program because that is discriminatory against males. The school said we have a men in computer program. And the courts ruled that so long as they offer the same opportunities to both, it's not actually discriminatory. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wouldn't that precedent apply to national origin, religion, or race as well? Mm-hmm. That was what we got rid of when we ended segregation. So how is it different when it comes to gender under the same law? Right. I, I'm a lawyer, right? And what I find interesting about these types of conversations is that it shows very clearly that the law doesn't have an answer for everything. Mm. These types of laws, obviously, with, you know, the subject of transgenderism, when these laws were written down, that wasn't an issue, you know. So it poses all of these new new problems that now the law has to respond to, needs to answer to, and it doesn't know how to. And I think with something like this, the way that we've always dealt with that was morality. So you have certain norms in society that dictate, okay, well, obviously, in this case, we find the segregation or the differentiation of certain groups justified because that's just the way it is. There is no better argument really for it or that's the way it should be because we have a shared idea of what is right and what is wrong in society. And therefore, you know, that problem kind of solves itself. But now we're looking to all these we're looking to these problems and we're saying, oh, we need to create laws around it. And often you just make more of a mess around of it. I, I think we probably need to codify that we can segregate on the basis of sex. Mm-hmm. We're talking so about when, I, when I'm saying gender, yeah. I'm literally talking about biological sex. Gender but. and sex. But it's the civil rights laws are about gender. They're talking about gender. Do they mention 1964, sex? 1964, it says sex. Yeah. I'm, using, I'm using gender the classical way right. to refer yeah. to yeah. the biological sex. differences between yeah. men, right. men and women. Obviously. So you want to you wanna <laughs> discriminate insofar as you don't want to put a naked woman around a bunch of naked men that of are course. in heat. Yes. Right. So in you, heat? Yeah. <laughs> That's a family-friendly, nice dogs. way of putting it. Yeah. 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 Uh, so dis- discrimination is massively important. If you can't dis- make a discrimination, if you can't discriminate against a guy running at you with a knife and a guy standing on a corner not looking at you, you're going to die. I'll, so you need to discriminate. I'm not going to pretend I'll have all the answers. I'm just going to say that culture is everything. Mm-hmm. When we, we en- uh, uh, enshrined the 1964 Civil Rights Act, I think we did some tremendous good. Ending segregation was, was, was right. Segregation was wrong. And why didn't we end sec- why didn't we end sex sex uh, sex segregation? Why were we like okay now there can't be different restaurants for different races, but you can still separate schools and public accommodations for different you know you can have ladies night and you can do all these things because culturally everybody was okay with it, so there was no need to change it. Now we have the rise of this woke cult, and they're exploiting this law and our culture for not addressing these things. I think the real intent is just to destroy. Yeah, oh, exactly. you know, confuse, just, right? Yeah. Demoralize. Yeah, constantly confuse as, uh, people. Uh, Yuri Bezmenov says. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, you talked about on Twitter was it today or the other day about a civil war in this country. I mean, it feels to me like we're at a place when I was growing up versus now. We are at a place where there is no coming back for some of these people on the left. That some of these ideas that have spawned out of their mouths that they write about and they talk about are so radical and so different from anything that has ever been talked about in human history. That I don't see a p- way that we come back. I mean, it, we're already in a civil war of ideas in this country, civil war of ideas in the West. I hope that it doesn't get violent, but it seems like we're headed towards some sort of national divorce. You have people who are fine with butchering, savagely killing babies after they are born and calling it uh, helping the woman. Uh, I'm supposed to live in a society with people like that? It doesn't. You know, 
this the conversation on abortion keeps coming up. Yeah. Uh, someone, some news outlet, I don't know, wrote an article saying that I was a, a conservative who was obsessed with late-term abortion, which never, which never happens, simply because I said, "Hey, look, Democrats are trying to pass late-term abortion legislation. Why? You're obsessed with it. It never happens, Tim. Why are you talking about it? I'm like." I'm talking about it because you just tried to legalize it. Yeah. Tried, like, mm. I don't understand. Like you said, we're going to legalize this. I said, why? I'm not obsessed. I'm asking you why you did this thing. That's their little trick, right? They do that all the time with these yeah. types of things. They say, oh, never happens. But then when it happens, it's a good thing. Oh, yeah. So yes. that's, that's just. That's the same I mean, with the maybe, demographic changes. The, the, what's it called? Oh, the right, great yeah, replacement. replacement. Yeah, exactly. doesn't happen. But when it happens, it's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> well this is the, that's the crazy thing, too. And they're talking about Tucker Carlson. All of these Democrats talk about immigration as a means of maintaining political power. Then Tucker Carlson gets angry about it, and they're like, he's pushing conspiracy theories. It's like, what? This, it, it, they, they do it to Trump all the time, or they would. Trump would read the news, and then he'd be like, you see this thing that's going on? It's a very interesting medicine. And then the media would be like, Trump makes up medical misinformation. is dangerous. And it's like, I read that in TechCrunch. Yeah. Trump, like, watches the news, repeats it, and they call him a liar. Mm-hmm. I love it. When politics that easy. When he mentioned uh, inner-city unemployment. And they said it was mostly false, but it was it was like a verbatim quote from Bernie Sanders, which was mostly true. Mm-hmm. Incredible how they do this. I mean, that's those man on the street. I've done a lot of man on the street videos on with Prager. You, you know, check them all out. But you know, where you go and tell someone, you say, "Hey, this is what the what the Republicans or the conservatives are saying," and then it turns out that oh, that was actually the Hitler. the left. Yeah, yeah, that was actually the left. That was actually the Democrats. I mean, we did one about the history of the Democrat Party. I did on Hollywood Boulevard a couple of years ago, going and asking people and saying, you know, who started the KKK? All these things. They all think it's Republicans when it's really Democrats. I mean, you can quote these people verbatim, and they will still tell you that you're. A liar, and that everything you say is untrue. You know, That's strategy. Michael Malice had a good tweet. Uh, he said, "I'll start believing that you care about kids' lives when you care about the ones that Joe Biden took, or something to that effect." And I, I don't, I don't remember the exact quote from uh, Michael, but I'll, I'll put it this way: I'll believe that these any of these people care about kids' lives when they have a national news cycle condemning Barack Obama for the children he killed, including the American citizen mm-hmm. citizens. But, you know, namely Abdulrahman al-Awlaki, a 16-year-old American citizen that Obama killed. Right. Where was the big news cycle? In fact, when Luke Rydkowski was at, I think it was the, I think it was the 2012 DNC, I think it was the DNC, and he and another uh, reporter for We Are Change asked these, these personalities about the drone assassination of Abdulrahman al-Awlaki, an American 16-year-old. Someone, I think it was Charlie Gibbs, I'm not sure, said he should have had a better father. Oof. They don't care. They don't care about who they blow up or kill. They, they're using political wedge issues. And that's why they never offer any real solutions to any of these problems. That's why they're like background checks. It's like, dude, we already have those. Right. What are you talking about? Right. There is no gun show loophole. I mean, all yeah, this. Yeah, it's, it's nonsense. It, 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 it's, it's the weirdest thing. Like every time I go to buy a gun, I got to fill up my little background check form. I think they're, they're I, I, the, the only thing I can do is if I want to steel man their argument is that they're talking about like in West Virginia, you can sell up into a, a family member. Or, you know, a private sale. You're still legally responsible for that. You'll go to prison if this person isn't legally allowed to have it. Yeah. So if they've done drugs, if they're if they're depressed, like, you can get in trouble for it. We have those laws. But they're like, common sense gun reform. I'm like, what does that mean? Well, if it's they're a, not saying anything. If it's a white person, then it's white supremacy's fault as a shooter. If it's, a, if it's a, anyone else of any other race, it's gun control. All these things are is a tool that the left can use to bludgeon their opponents. I mean, all of these things. They don't care about any of it. It's just a it's, tool to get their way. It's just crazy that you see that dude in Waukesha. Mm-hmm. You know, he rams this this parade. He's got black nationalist stuff on his Facebook, and they're like, nah, nah, nah. It's not political. No. It's like, no. 
come on, dude. Yeah, someone the other night mentioned that although these, I don't know if you call them psychopaths or this aberration of American society, are using leftist tactics, it's not actually the American left. The American left and right are still relatively sane and somewhere towards the center, but you've got this weird, like, pseudo-communist, fascist, uh, probably psychoactively dampened group of people that are ripping themselves apart and screaming and busting stuff up. That, I, I wonder. I wonder about this. I wonder about the medication rates among conservatives versus liberals. Oh, sure you can find there, it. there was a poll I was reading that said uh, liberals are more likely to experience mental illness. Do you, do you, have you ever seen this one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now the left argued that it's not that they have more mental illness; it's that Republicans don't go to the doctor. And I'm like. I don't need to go to doctor. I'm all good. Or it's like, I'm a big, strong man. I don't need to go to the doctor. But I don't, that data doesn't show that. You can speculate all you want. I don't see that in the data. All I know is the data says liberals, the left, are more likely, the further you go left, the more mental illness they have. The more deep in the city you live, the more mentally ill you may become. That's what happened to me. I mean, you're in LA right now. Are you guys noticing? Have you noticed like your, your own mind in that city? getting broken or yeah or weekend I mean, or what i mean i stay away from a lot of the city stuff i live kind of in a i live out in burbank if people are familiar again with la no it's kind of outside of la outside of the city outside of hollywood so i try to keep to myself and my dog we kind of hang out a lot mm-hmm. so but i know a lot of people who live in that city and before when i first moved to la and did a lot of stuff in hollywood did a lot of stuff in beverly hills all that kind of stuff it was destroying my mind yeah the brake Definitely. dust a lot of it's the brake dust off the car pads the brake pads mm-hmm. it's it's more fine than carbon i think more fine than carbon dioxide maybe not carbon dioxide but more fine than like soot and it goes through the alveoli in your lungs right into the bloodstream and makes just massive hypertension and depression let's not forget all the fluoride in the water that's right a plus do you guys, have, do you guys have fluoride? I taste that. No, no. The first time I, ca- I came here, like, this, or first time I drank a glass of water, which is six days ago, because this is my first time in the U.S. The first thing I said to him is, "Does this taste like pool? Mm-hmm. Like a pool?" Well, yeah. it's got chlorine. That's the chlorine, probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, but it tastes completely different. Wow. Yeah. No, yeah. our our water is very filtered. Yeah. But no fluoride you in your water. Are you sure? Go check it out. Dutch waters. I swear, it's oh, very yeah. filtered. It's filtered to I wanna, death. It tastes I'm, like nothing. I want to pull up this story from the Hartford Current. Robert Reich, op-ed, The Truth About America's Second Civil War. And the truth is, as he puts it, is that it's not going to be a civil war. It's going to be a slow, peaceful breaking apart of, you know, people slowly deciding not to work with each other, but maintaining things like the common defense or whatever. So just a moment ago, you mentioned, you know, the potential for civil war, whatever. I read this article. It's from May 10th. And the fascinating thing is that when you actually read the history of the the American Civil War, Robert Reich clearly did not. Hmm. This dude, because if he did... His, his op-ed would not say, we won't go to civil war. His op-ed would be like, yeah, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. He's basically saying that there's a disagreement on laws. There's a disagreement on how to run things. So people are deciding to, to hyperpolarize red, you know, Republicans move to red states, Democrats to blue states. And then ultimately we're just going to decide to, you know, just do our, do our thing. Yeah. Read about the civil war. That's what was happening. Southern states were saying that the northern states were in violation of federal law because they were supposed to be returning slaves and they weren't. And if that was the case, why would they have to abide by federal law if the north wasn't doing it? If California right now is not enforcing immigration law, why then should, you know, Texas uh, enforce federal abortion standards? This is what precipitates the breaking apart of the union like we saw in 1860. Then you had seven states secede before Abraham Lincoln was inaugurated. And then after there was a few more states, I think, that joined in. No, I think it was seven states. Then when the uh, Battle of Fort Sumter happened, a bunch of other states went, whoa, like, yo, count me out. Like, this is crazy. The union is going in now, and their states are supposed to be sovereign. Robert Reich is saying, 
you know, there's a abortion issue is happening. So Democrats are going to move to blue areas and Republicans to red areas. And I'm like, yeah, that's literally what's happening. Mm-hmm. So when you have Roe v. Wade and then you get Republican states basically saying, like, we're not doing it anymore. We're going to start, you know, and they get sued over it. It's the lawsuits that brought us to the point where Roe v. Roe and Casey may now be overturned. But then the, the, the Democrats are going to be like, Republicans aren't abiding by, by the, the, the laws of this land. And it's like, dude, California, New York, allowing non-citizens to vote. Are you kidding me? It's not just one, one thing happening in one area. It is Democrats in the entirety of California, according to, I can't remember which NGO it was, earned one extra electoral college vote and congressional seat by allowing illegal immigrants into the state without enforcement. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, Congressional seats are apportioned based on population size, not citizenry. Right. All of this stuff, it's it looks very eerily reminiscent to what happened in 1860. And you know how much you, it costs? A, a weak president, maybe Donald Trump gets in and then... You know how much it costs every Californian every year to for illegal immigrants in the states? $1,800 median for every single household in the wow. state. I mean, it's getting to a point where the people there are fed up. And the left will continue to do whatever they want. They don't care about the standards of federal law or what they're supposed to do. And then as soon as a conservative or a Republican president or a Republican governor comes out and does something like this, then it's the end of the world for them. I mean, that's conservatives have to play hardball. I mean, I'm the biggest fan of DeSantis because of what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't care at all what the left thinks about him. He doesn't care about the political standards that we're supposed to live by. He uses the power that he has and he gets things done in a way that no other Republican governor has really done in recent memory. Have you seen the left? They'll say, like, Republicans are steamrolling Democrats because they're too weak. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that rhetoric? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So to the left, if they don't get everything they want, Republicans are steamrolling them. Yeah. To the right, if they only concede a little bit, they're doing all right. Yeah. That's the amazing thing to me. Republicans are like, well, we're going to give the Democrats what they want. You, know, you got Mitch McConnell. They're not talking about red flag laws. No. And I'm just like, yo, there's no, there is no right in this country. There, there, there's none. I love it. The, the le- I'm, I'm being somewhat facetious. The left says there is no left in this country. Every single politician is far right. Oh, okay. Name the politician who just stood up and said, in the wake of what we've just seen in this country, it's time to repeal the NFA. It is time to repeal all gun laws as infringements and violation of the Constitution. Not doesn't. Sorry, doesn't happen. You got a handful of Republicans who talk about it. Where some people I think have proposed bills, but the Republican Party is not going out saying repeal gun laws. The Democrats are saying ban guns. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm, I'm not saying that every Democrat is saying ban all guns. I'm saying they have quite literally banned a ton, a ton of them. Yeah. They now want to ban assault weapons, which is meaningless. Where is the, where are the Republican Party to come out, stand up and yell, we have to unban selective fire rifles? No, because there is no right. There is a slowdown there, Democrats, and then Democrats. That's what we have. A speed limit. It's conservatives are just leftists driving the speed limit. Yeah. That's, That's right. essentially what it is. Every time you give the left an inch, they take a mile. The only reason why we are in this situation is because conservatives historically have been so weak to not let anything happen. And this is kind of my gripe with libertarianism that kind of got me in trouble on the Michaela Peterson podcast when I talked about this, <laughs> which I'll, I'll say again because I think – anyway, li- libertarianism in, in, in essence is, you know, it's the kind of liberal uh, answer of saying, you know, uh, if, if it happens in someone else's home, then it's fine. Uh, whatever happens outside there, it's okay. That's kind of the libertarian answer. I don't want other people to get involved in my life. And as soon as you have that, again, pitted up against the ideology of leftism that is revolutionary in its essence, then you get a society that continually gets steamrolled by these types of people. So if you have these like classical liberal types, I don't know exactly who you guys are, but you have these classical liberal types that say live and let live, the left will steamroll you every time because you continue to give up things to them. 
Yes. The, the party that just wants to be left alone will always lose. Will the always party lose. That wants to win. Where's yes. what we're Where, seeing? This is what I love to say to my anarchist friends. I don't care if they're the, the left anarchists don't <laughs> believe right wing anarchists exist, <laughs> and I think it's really funny. Denying their existence. They do. They do. They're like, you can't be a capitalist and an anarchist. It's like you can, you but can. sure, whatever. But I like to just say, where's the great anarchist civilization? Sorry, there isn't one. Right. I mean, there was like a brief period in Catalonia where there was like an anarchic state or whatever. You've mm-hmm. got some parts of Mexico today. But the reality is that without a centralized authority, you get steamrolled mm-hmm. by authoritarians who exploit your, your, for the most part, peaceful nature. Yeah. This is what really bugs me, too, about conservatives. Anarchists are not violent. And I say this to all of these people on the political compass memes, subreddits, and things like that. They're like libertarian left, and they show Antifa. And I'm like, dude. You can't be libertarian and violently beat someone with a bike lock into submission right. so they do what you want politically. That is authoritarian. You are like, adhere to the authority or I will beat you. That is not libertarian. Left libertarian are like hippies on a farm sharing their watermelon. Yep. Right libertarians are the farm, you know, one town over that's selling the fertilizer to the hippies in exchange for watermelon. But people don't understand that. No. They think left libertarian in the political spectrum is like woke people. No, 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 no. Woke is authoritarian left. Yes. We will destroy your life unless you adhere to our ideology. You do not see left libertarians all that often. You just don't. I'm thinking about like the people sitting still, maybe the libertarians, people that don't want to be bothered by the outside world. They'll be surrounded, rooted out, and destroyed usually by a stronger state force. So the Romans, the way they figured it out was we're just going to kill and subjugate our neighbors so that no one can come and take us. But that's the imbalance. That's like the, the authoritarian imbalance. At some point, it's state versus state, whether that's your house and his house. You both have your doors locked. You, you Maybe you know each other. Maybe you share keys, but I doubt it. And like, so where do you, got, where do you fa- fall in the balance of state power? I'm I'm actually more of a I think the state could actually do more in some ways and less in others. I mean I, I think there's a lot I actually we took a trip, Ava and I on one of the first times that we ever saw each other. We went to Budapest and I gave a speech there and I think that a lot of the things that Hungary is doing is actually quite successful. Where they understand the power that they have to make people's lives better mm-hmm. and they emphasize the family and people are doing pretty well in Hungary. I mean, they're having great economic recovery and, yeah. and the family unit. I mean, the child tax credits that you're getting yes. in Hungary, like if you have up to four kids, you can get a free car from the government. Free car. You, know? you get a car from the government in some ways. Illiberal democracy is not a dirty word there. Right, exactly. It's illiberal. A, illiberal. Yeah. So I it's, mean, that's, the left today is illiberal. Right. But what they mean by that is the idea that you can have a democratic society, which I mean, Hungary is, uh, but still not embrace liberal values. You know, I'll tell you this. Communism, it works. I'm going to wait so that people get pissed off. And then I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. Please uh, go for it. <laughs> it works. It no, works. I should. It, it works in two circumstances. Theory. An extremely small population, like a family itself, where right. the dad is in charge and gives everyone what they need to do their thing. But we wouldn't really call that communism. That's not communism. It's yeah. a commune, right? right? But it also works when you have an ideologically homogenous culture Mm -hmm. you get a thousand people that all blindly follow each other and agree with their their cult ideology and you will have this functioning society the problem is communists always try to enact that and there's only one way to do it kill everyone who disagrees which is why in reality communism never works Mm -hmm. because there are too many different ideas too many different people they'll never agree with each other unless you have some weird small cult yeah Mm -hmm. what does the left think democracy is the left thinks democracy is when it's only their opinion. Right. Everyone else's opinion gets shut down. The evil. There's a difference. Uh, I'm not sure if you read the book Jonathan Haidt, his book on uh, uh, what's it called? 
I can't remember the book, but essentially he does studies on on the, the difference between mind? Uh, the righteous mind. Yeah, right. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. where people who disagree. Yeah, yeah, and so faith. conservatives, their outlook on the world, believe that people are naturally born not good, and that we have to overcome our bad natures to do good things in society. Whereas leftists think that okay, people are actually born good, but there's a f- small group of evil people that we have to take out so that we can have this good society. So, That's yeah. why you hear conservatives call leftists brainwash, where leftists call conservatives evil most of the time. And so well, that difference, yeah. Now, now the right is calling the left evil, yeah, and which is good, and which is good. So. Yeah. yeah, we should start. Yeah, should start that a little bit earlier. Exactly. Yeah. But like that well, difference I'll, is what I'll makes it. Way. The, Whenever I point out, I periodically will say like, hey, you know, we invite leftists on the show all the time. They don't come. Mm-hmm. Only a couple have ever come. I've done that. And then I get these prominent leftists who are like, oh, come on your show. And I'm like, awesome. We will pay your travel. We'll get you the fanciest hotel. We'll give you, you get a limo, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And they privately message me saying, I'm not going on your show. It was all performative. It was all, they want to they hoot and holler in front of their followers like, I'll do it. And then behind the scenes say, oh, you know, I can't. Sorry, it won't happen. So I point out, whenever I say this, what happens is the prominent left personalities refuse to do it. Yeah. Or they'll try and play this dirty game where they'll be like, I'd absolutely love my appearance fee is $15,000, some nonsense. No, like trying to do things knowing that we would not ever do it mm. so they can say we canceled on them or something. But then we get lower, uh, like people with like a smaller body of work or less followers. And they'll be like, I'll do it. And here's what, I, here's what you realize when you, okay, well, we're going to try and be fair and have these people on. They have no idea what they're talking about. No. You ask them to elaborate the ideas, they have no idea. They'll say, what? I don't understand, huh? What do you mean? And they'll just keep repeating slogans. The higher profile leftists, I believe for the most part, they know why not to engage with people who are in the, the liberty side of things. Because it's not all conservatives. Right. Like you're, you're mentioning classical liberals. I'm not. I, I don't, I, I've always considered myself social liberal, which is basically the mirror image. It's a li- centrist libertarian position. Sure. But we, you know, we have a bunch of people on the show all the time. We disagree. Like Seamus is pro-life. I'm. I would say more so pro-choice. I hate saying pro-choice They're because pro-death for a the left is just <laughs> gone so crazy with it. But we disagree Based. all the time. <laughs> The more prominent leftists know that they can't actually come on the show because they will be obliterated mm-hmm. because their ideas have no merit for the most part. I agree with some of left wing, you know, I- I- ideas and stuff. And I can argue that I can agree with some of the criticisms about, you know, unfettered markets and things like that. But when it comes to facts, is Joe Biden corrupt? Yes. Yeah. It is a fact that he went to Ukraine and w- threatened to withhold U.S. aid in exchange for the firing of a prosecutor yeah. who happened to have been investigating a company where his son worked. I'm not saying that's why he did it, but any politician going to a foreign leader and saying, I will unilaterally suspend a U.S. debt obligation to you, that's corruption. They, they accuse Trump of doing that. Now, if you bring on one of these left personalities, they'll deny it. They'll say, that never happened. Nope, never, never happened. Right. Yeah, I bring these people on. We show them the video. And they're just like, what? What about the Steele dossier? Yeah, yeah. What about Hillary Clinton's role in approving these things? They don't read the news. No. It's tough because Eisenhower warned us about the liberal economic order, the military industrial complex, and was like, yo, they, we just built like a world police, just so you know, and watch out because it's going to try and take over the country, and it did within like two years. But it's like culture shock. People didn't know that till about 12 years ago when the internet appeared. Now we can study like, you know, the Federal Reserve and the military liberal economic order. And so they're like having cognitive dissonance. And when you if you really want to shake someone off out of this, like, I don't know if you call it leftism or what, but this liber, this liberal 
ideology. More the idea of just believing whatever the establishment says, I guess. Yeah. I feel like that's more how I go about things now is divide people within the, the people who know and people who don't know, so to say. Because you're not – I feel like there's no way that you're going to wake someone up to the fact that there are no 73 genders, you know? Like if you still believe that now or if that, that is your, your world – I'm I'm not going to try and convince you that there are only two sexes. I, I, I'm just, I'm over that. You know, that's done. And I feel like most conservatives should be more or less done with that now. I tweeted Waste. simply, neo-pronouns are made up. <laughs> because they literally are. Wait, what is a neo-pronoun? Like Z, Zemzer. Oh. Okay. Mm. But they're so act- I don't even know what that is. They're literally made up. And I don't mean that in a disparaging way. It's like people sit down and then try and come up with pronouns. Yeah. So I just tweeted, neo-pronouns are made up because no one disagrees. And boy, they got so angry at me. I'm open. It's in the word, neo, new. So it must right. be. They were just like, everything's made matrix. up, you idiot, you moron. Oh, and yeah, I was that's, like, no, but that's what they think. That's what they think. They think that everything is a social construct. So of well, course that's what they're going to say to you. Words are made up, right? And, and words get meaning all the time. But... It is not in dispute among the left or the right that neo-pronouns are made up. Right. That's why I thought it was funny to state something right. that was just like so a flat obvious. statement of yeah. fact, and they got mad about it. Well, they think the way you're saying it is disparaging in a way. That's also you just know, you. Yeah. This, so is the, well, this, right. this is the funny thing. I once Hassan Piker once made a joke, so I screen grabbed it and just reposted it because I thought the interaction was funny. Mm. And then he responded as though I didn't understand his joke. Like the 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 in, the it's assumption so is always adversarial. It's because your Twitter picture you look mad. If you were happy and laughing in your Twitter picture, people yeah. would think that things were typing were happy. You know, I, you I, do I, you I respond to people like these leftist personalities all the time, either to agree with them on certain issues and like not approach them in an adversarial way, but their followers do not like it. I think it's hilarious. I mean, like, on Twitter, it's worse. Yeah, the worst. War. You get way more negative replies on Twitter than positive replies most of the time. Well, well, text like, in general. There's most, no context. Yeah. Most people in their own bubbles will get their own bubble. Yeah. But I'll see like Vosh tweet something. And if he says something, and I, I'll, I'll like, if I says if he says something I agree with about guns or whatever, then I'll respond affirmatively. And his followers are just like, "No, you can't agree. That's not allowed." Yeah, it's like, no, oh, whatever, dude. <laughs> let me let me let me pull up this story from CNN Business so we can uh, have the last segment just be fun. Hmm. From CNN, Walmart apologizes for selling Juneteenth ice cream. So they tried to make a woke ice cream, and the woke attacked them for it. Uh-huh. Why are we worried about these people? <laughs> what does it taste like? Yeah, so I don't uh, know. What do they, what do they say? Question. They say, um, great value. Oh, oh. my favorite. That's <laughs> why they got, see, see, this is why they got mad. Oh, the branding. Yeah. No, no, it's because everyone knows great value is like the bargain bin. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's certainly why they're mad. Like, hey, well, we're not bargain bin. We want Ben and Jerry's. That's yeah. right. When they do it, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's the There's no Juneteenth at Erewhon market. Oh, so what, what, the what did they say? They said it was a red velvet flavored ice cream. Okay. What is red velvet? It's Isn't that just like red vanilla, basically? Right. Yeah. It's just like they, a lot of red dye in a vanilla cake or something yeah. with cream cheese on it. Wait, but shouldn't it be like chocolate ice cream? I, that oh, is it chocolate? No. Juneteenth, yeah. <laughs> right? Chocolate, is that race? Velvet? I don't know. I don't know. There's melanin. One critic yeah. on There's Twitter. There's melanin in this cake. Yeah. One critic on Twitter said, highlighted why it's important to have diverse voices at the table when making strategic business decisions. Oh. When you don't, you end yeah. up making costly, foolish mistakes. Dude, this is the most tepid and like normal thing you can do to celebrate Juneteenth. A holiday. Any holiday. Right. They made a holiday-themed ice cream. They do it all the time. We have Americone Dream with Stephen Colbert. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know... That's it's great, f- yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. And so I think what we actually see here is that no matter what you do, when you try to pander to these people, you'll never win. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're just you're just wasting your time. It's kind of like yeah. when your enemy's making a mistake, don't stop them. But at the same time, if your enemy's making a mistake and the mistake is destroying your environment, then maybe you need to stop them. We got it. We got a yeah, fact I check. Think- Adrian Curry said red velvet is chocolate. That's what I really? thought. Really? Oh. Yeah. Okay, so then it is tasty. works for Juneteenth. Yeah, but it's red. <laughs> <laughs> levels. Oh, Definitely, weird. dude. Spoon Maybe right. that's why they got mad, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, uh, well. I don't know. Buttermilk, eggs. Hey, who had an issue with this? Oh, this says vanilla and cocoa, so I guess we're all right. Oh, we're it's all right. Yeah. Unity. Well, they shouldn't have put vanilla in it. Oh, yeah. Buttery. <gasps> the gall. They canceled it. That's crazy. It. Who canceled so it? What? They yeah, apologize. Who? They apologize. Walmart. And... Wait, so bit. they're not Yo, selling we anymore? Should, we got to rush out and buy some. Yeah, yeah if I anyone has some, some yeah, send it to go. the show. I mean, I, I would love to try <laughs> some Juneteenth. Yeah. I still have the old Aunt Jemima yeah, bottles. Yeah, so do we. With the yeah. old Ben and, or the Ben, uh, old Ben's. Uncle Ben's rice. I have that from, we did a cancel culture on my show. Dude, I think it, did, had a whole thing. I think it's funny how the woke people are only getting mad about the black people on, on branding. Mm-hmm. It's like Mr. Clean's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is Butterworth. It's not even black and they got rid of that. Did you guys ever eat Bomb Pops? It's red, white, Bomb and blue. Pops? It's red, white, and blue. Yeah, that sounds yeah. racist. It, no, it's it's a red, white, and blue. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Like Our a. Cut. That sounds very American, Here, it's, though. Yeah, it's it not does. A bomb pop. Um, yeah, they call it sponsored by the Obama yeah, look administration. Look up bomb pops, dude. I used to eat <laughs> yeah. these when I was little. It's red, white, and blue, and they called it. It's like a bomb. Like how militaristic is our society? We used to eat these. I feel like it's just like a bro. We had we, we had yeah. we had bombs. Yeah. Like they were teaching me as a kid, drop bombs. Yeah, it's American of you. Bomb pop. Yeah, you, the ice cream. Yeah. The ice cream truck would pull up, and you know you'd mm. get a bomb pop, and it was like explosively uh, awesome. What was it even made of? Cherry, lime, and blue raspberry. Food no, it's right. water, oil. water yeah. and sugar. Yeah. Coal tar, water coal and sugar. Tar. My the ingredients favorite. are water, sugar, corn syrup, and high fructose corn syrup. Ugh. That's yeah. what you're eating. Times America. I just, I just love that it's red, white, and blue, and it's a bomb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Exactly. Dutch flag. Gaddafi approves. Isn't it right? Isn't it Dutch flag? Like a Dutch flag. It's a Dutch flag. It's not American. No, it's Russia. Oh yeah, it's Russia. Yeah, yeah. French, I think, actually. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Well, we can we can fight over it. French, <laughs> Dutch, <laughs> French, I just think like you have this red, white, and blue for Americans. It's obviously America, right? It's a bomb that should be offensive to Americans because it's like, how dare you put bomb and America together as if to imply? But we think it's hilarious. I think it's awesome. I think it's yeah, funny, and, it's and it's like, yeah, America does yeah. bomb a lot of kids. Yeah. It, so selling it, but yeah. like then the Juneteenth things happen. These people get mad about everything. Oh, like right. if somebody, if some, you know, you see it with Ben Shapiro all the time. They'll make fun of him, and he laughs and he rolls with it. He's like, I don't care, dude. It's funny, you know. I see people post memes about me, and I think it's funny. These people just want to be angry all the time. It gives their life meaning. If you have no meaning in your life, then of course you want to be angry. I tried to listen to angry people. I was like, you know what? I feel like communication can overcome whatever we need to. So I'm like, I'll give it a chance. And you listen to them, and like, okay. They're feeling better, and then they start. In, then I get insulted by them, and I'm like, I can only handle so much. I only have so much time in the day. I don't want to waste twelve of my next. Like at some point, receiving the abuse is no longer tolerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we had to build a rage room in the house. It's this uh, it's this small padded room. because yeah. Ian will get on Twitter. And they start shaking. And we're like, quick, get him to the room. And then I, we yeah. put him in. He's like, Argh! I broke it. Ava, Ava, Ava's going to need one of those after living with me for a little oh, bit boy. longer. There is no, there is no, no Twitter needed. Yeah, no <laughs> Twitter you. needed. No, I mean, I deal with these angry people. I mean, I've, I've done plenty of events, speaking events, where all of people, I did one at University of Northern Colorado, mm. and they told me I had to wear a mask while I spoke. And I said, you know, no, not wearing a mask while I speak. And I take the mask off as soon as I get up on stage. And these about 50 Black Lives Matter thugs come. They're flipping the tables. They're giving death threats to the people who are there. They're taking their mask off, telling me to put my mask on. 
I, and they're just threatening children. I mean, it's really terrible. So it's angry, angry people. I am curious what their main complaint was with this Juneteenth thing, because I would think that this would be great, but they're all like, oh, you didn't have enough diverse. Yeah, no, they're like, oh, no, we're winning the culture war and Walmart's supporting our ideology. Quick, we can't claim victimhood. Mm. Get rid of it. Really? Basically. Oh, the revolution eats its own. It does. It absolutely yeah. does. I just looked at the Netherlands flag. Is it really that trippy? Is it the one where it looks like you're looking into like a burst of color, like red, white, and blue all flying past you? No, it's just red, red. white, blue. Oh. Yeah. Stripes. Three I got, stripes. I got that Simple. one, but then I got yeah, this flag. Oh, what okay. are you getting? So there's the Amsterdam flag, which is different than the Dutch flag. There we go. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the that's Dutch, Dutch one. flag. See? So Straight you're... Up. What were they? Bomb pops? Yeah. Bomb yeah. pops. Yeah. Bomb. Oh, you're that's right. That. That's the color scheme is... It's just the Dutch flag. Dutch. Inquisition. Are you going to bomb us? Is that, is that we <laughs> saved you. Ah, oh, no. It's, it's the French Sorry, flag. everyone. Oh, See, because the French is red, white, then blue. So if the bomb pop was sideways, it would be France. Oh, okay, so yeah. if it's flying this way, it's... it's if it's right. sitting it up right, up, it's, it's Dutch. Yeah. It's okay. not the Russian flag, because the Russian flag is white, blue, red. That's right. Yes. Strong no so it's funny. I've Since Ava moved into my place, I put a big Dutch flag up in my place, but I was talking to her like, people don't know flags very well and I have a person who comes and watches my dog when I go out of town and I'm worried that he's going to think I have this huge Russian flag <laughs> in my problem. place <laughs> talking about Ukraine and everything. That's you know, right. I went and got yogurt. We were out on a weekend and we all went to like a game store and then got yogurt and there's like a chalkboard there and it was just like chalk for anyone to draw and people drew Ukrainian flags. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. And it was like mm-hmm. right around the start of all this stuff. And I was just like, this is the stupidest thing ever. You have no idea what you're supporting. No. Mm-hmm. None. No. As it's on the trans flag Nazis. now, right? Or the... Well, yeah, the new trans flag. What's the source for that? I could not find... I, could not yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've been real. seeing it everywhere on Twitter. I think, I think people were making that up. Probably. Well, I could definitely be real. So I, the, the, I, mean, the, the, the I wouldn't put it past them. The pride flag has the trans triangle with the black and brown in it. And then the rainbow to represent... Folks, I think they call it. And now there's one going around with yellow and blue for Ukraine. But I've not seen any official leftists like account or organization use that. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking forward to getting away from rectangular flags and starting new, new shapes. Three-dimensional mm-hmm. flags. Yeah, stuff like that. It's like, wait, is it a square or a rectangle? It's a square run. Attack. Mm-hmm. It's a cube. Attack. It's a cube attack. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's a cube. Is it a rhombus? That means you attack. They probably just have rectangular flags because they flow better in the wind. Maybe they're easier to mass produce. Mm, yeah. well, I'm, I'm getting kind of tired of it. It's kind of mm. boring. Yeah. To look at the next revolution. That's the liberal, the left. We're going to do big TV screens instead of flags in the future. Yeah. It's like, why use a flag? Just put up a big TV. Yeah, why exactly. do we have flags? Yeah. I mean, I guess With if an the Elon Musk announcement. Out. Flags, obvious. So you knew if you were safe. Yeah. yeah, but then... Like, you're off in the middle of nowhere, and you see a, a flag of your country, you know you can go there and you're safe. The enemy could fly your flag. Well, that's what they call false flags. They flag. wouldn't, because yeah. then... Right. Literally. But if they did, they would get attacked by their people. Mm-hmm. So, you had to be careful about it. Yeah. Plus, it's really... You know what's always weird to me is, like, rules of war, where it's like, if I have a white flag, I'm going to respect that. I'm like, why Why would anyone do that? Mm-hmm. You know, but back in the day, it's like you flew a white flag, they'd be like, all right, come on in. Let's talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess because you want war to end, so you need to have some understanding. But that was there's still a bit, lot of foul play in wars back then. Oh, too. yeah, for sure. You know. mm-hmm. Yeah. Back then. Back yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. I mean, this war in Ukraine is just yeah. totally honorable <laughs> and great. You know, no problems whatsoever. Accurate media coverage. Vietnam mm-hmm. had some accurate media coverage. Oh, and that was yeah. the last time they realized <laughs> we're not going to put reporters in the war anymore. We're going to give you a, a cookie-cutter look at what's happening. Like the first Iraq war, apparently I had a friend in the war. They were like, yo, we would laugh at the media coverage of the tanks rolling down the desert. But, like, we were kicking in doors and mowing down families. It was just horrific. Mm. 
The war propaganda Jeez. for Ukraine is just it's, it's it, to me it's laughable. You it go on Reddit wild. and it's just like here's a Ukrainian soldier giving a warning to Russians and it's like some the camera's at a low angle pointed up at a guy and he's got a cigar and he's like listen here Russia but he's saying it like Ukrainian and he's mm-hmm. like and he flicks the cigar and he's like we're coming for you and then all the comments are like yeah Slavo Ukraine and I'm like come on dude it's just all propaganda and they're like I loved when they reported about Mariupol getting conquered by Russia mm-hmm. and they're like cessation of hostilities it's like what does that mean the fighting stopped and why because Russia won. It's yeah. like, okay, that's what we we're trying to get to, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you guys think of yourself, like, on the balance of white pill and black pill, if you had to mm-hmm. do a percentage scale? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a little bit. So, again, as a Christian myself, baptized Christian about a year and a half ago, I mean, I'm definitely in – I understand that all of the things that are happening now are indicative of what human nature is. I mean, when you read scripture and understand, I mean, these things are kind of called out in a lot of ways of how people are going to act within the world. It's it's basically foretold so many of the things. And I'm I'm not one to say revelations or anything right now. That's not what I'm saying. But many of the ways that humans are acting right now is basically how humans are going to act. You will you will sin. You will go against your creator. All these kind of things. And so I see that as very natural. Uh, and so it's kind of white pilling to know that. If you have the truth on your side, then even if 99% of the culture is against you, you know what is true. Mm. And that's white-pilling to me. But then it's also black-pilling in the sense like culture really sucks. And there's yeah. a lot of things that are going really terribly right now. No, so I've, I've gone balance. down to rabbit hole a fair amount, mm. especially during the COVID days. You know, the vaccine mandates and everything. It, com- it came real close in Europe, mandatory vaccinations. In Austria, it was really like it was a matter of a month or so. And then suddenly they dropped it. And for me now to get to be here in the U.S., the only reason I'm here right now is because I was able to travel on exemption ground. Mm. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been possible. You can't enter the U.S. unless you're vaccinated? Yes, that's exactly it. Wow, crazy. The other way around, same thing. So unvaccinated citizens, uh, U.S. citizens can go to Europe, and unvaccinated European citizens can go to the U.S. So I was only Right now, right now, and nobody talks about it. People don't know this. It's terrible. How do you get an exemption? Well, I got a, a, a government letter because I'm going to I'm going to do some humanitarian work. So the humanitarian exemption is one of them, but there are very few. For, That's so weird. and I'm a lawyer, so I got this opportunity because I have the knowledge to do so. But other people, you know, if I get messages from people every day who haven't seen their their family and their friends in years mm. because of these regulations, because wow. of these restrictions. So and those are the, you know those are evil. What, are, what about medical evil. exemptions? Uh, uh, the no, medical not, exemptions are very very rare. Very rare. Wow. Yeah, yeah, they it's won't give them out to you. Yeah, I thought, a lot I thought of doctors did all this stuff. No, well, not for the travel for if, between. No, I thought the travel stuff ended. No, yeah, no, no one knows this. Wow. No one. I mean, knows for this. me to come to Amsterdam, all to, to see her. I mean, the 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 regulations in place, the things that we had to go through was just insane. No, between America and Europe, it's it definitely didn't end. And in Europe, within Europe, a lot of it ended. But they're gonna. They're on, you know. They're still working on the European digital identity. I don't know if you guys ever talk about any of that. Not enough. Well, you, I would, I would love to talk to you about it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So go deeper on the after show into that. If we don't, what in a nutshell, what is it? Oh yeah. Well, the European Digital Identity Project is a project by the European Commission, which is basically to make a, a basically a passport, a digital passport for every single person in Europe. So every single European citizen will have a digital app. That, well, basically the, the digital COVID pass was the first stage of. So everyone in Europe had a digital vax pass. I feel like a lot of Americans don't know that. That was used to give you access to like everyday things. So to go to restaurants, for example, you would need to get your app scanned to get into the restaurant. 
So, you know, Vax passes, the ones that you have, the, the paper ones that you can, you know, you couldn't yeah. in Europe. So, so you were just excluded from society if you didn't have this pass. And there, are, there are many countries in Europe that have lifted entry requirements for vaccination. Yeah. Yes. So, so the now. question is, once you get into the Schengen zone, mm-hmm. are you then able to go to... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you can't fly into the Netherlands. No. But you can fly into Poland and then travel from there to the Netherlands. No, because Poland is also in the Schengen zone. Mm-hmm. So, so no, you no, wouldn't no, be able to. It says Poland, uh, well, I just pulled up uh, Schengen visa info. It says Poland has dropped entry requirements for travelers. For Americans. It says, uh, well, I, I, it just says. They, it, it also depends on the risk of the country they permit that they're coming restriction-free from. restriction-free entry oh, okay. to all travelers. Well, maybe yes. they've done that now for a couple of countries then. That's yeah. good. You can well, see Austria see, hasn't. The Netherlands is not in there. So Belgium hasn't. That's not. Yeah, so then with it, if you are in Europe, then you could go. But for at least for my country, for example. Because this, no. this, this is what I heard. Someone was telling me that they had to fly to like Poland and then take a train. Okay. Because they wouldn't allow you to come in via plane. Well, that's, that's relatively yeah. new then. Because there was an EU travel ban in force for basically the entire continent. I think this is probably the result of the fact that they've dropped a lot of restrictions also for Europeans. Yeah, look at this. Look at this. Sorry to interrupt you. In the Netherlands, it says travelers from third countries are still subject to the entry rules, but not if you're coming from the EU Schengen area. That is insane. See how arbitrary all of this is? No sense. Yes. Yeah, like so someone wow. from Germany is going to be safer than someone from New York. No, no, like, but you that, can, that you can fly anything. to Germany and then come and they don't care. Right. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Makes no sense. Yeah. But so I had to, yeah. Well, it, but I mean, you still would have to get, for example, now vaccinated travelers who go from Europe to America also still need to get tested. So. Well, well, hold on there. We all know the southern border has no uh, security. Right. No. So honestly, I think it would have been easier for me to go from this from Mexico into the U.S. Yep. than to get this exemption ground that I now have to go in a legal way. But I'm a lawyer; I need to go in a legal way, you yeah. know. And this is all I, I can do all of these things, so that's great. But for other people who don't have the option, you know, that's just it's heartbreaking, and it's it's all arbitrary and it's evil. But yeah, the digital the digital identity thing, that is really something you guys should look into because it's really really scary and that's all that's a much bigger thing. That's not just going to include your vax status, but it's going to include biometrical data. It's going to include your taxes, it's going to include potentially even, you know, central bank digital currencies if it comes to that. So, the European Union is incredibly focused on the digitalization of your everyday life. So basically, your entire life will become an airport experience where you have to Ugh. check in and check out if it's up to these people. I, I, I was very shocked when I came to Europe and experienced that for the first time. It's so scary. It's really scary. I, I feel like you guys should be really thankful that it's not as far yet here. Yeah. Well, it's getting there. you know, we have guns. Yeah. Right. But this is this is I think we've talked about this a lot during the COVID times, you know, when we had the lockdowns and. And in Europe, in the Netherlands, it was crazy. We had curfews. We had the lockdowns. Obviously, we had the vax passes, which basically track you everywhere you go. So the government knows everything about you, whether you can go to restaurants or not. Wow. All these things were all dependent on whether you had this digital pass. And obviously, they pr- they are digital. They're QR codes. So they are protected against fraud. So, yeah. you you know, you're yeah. really screwed if you don't have them. Was there a I corporation just, just, that built those or was it the government that built them? Are you familiar? It was the government that built them and there was a European system as well. So they had the European uh, digital COVID pass, which was exactly what it what they mentioned in the in the reports was sort of the beginning phase of this digital wallet that they're going to use for every single european citizen for much more than just your, just your vac status so we got we're gonna go to super chats i just want to give a shout out to uh, denmark man 
You've, you've probably been there a lot, right? I actually, that's the one country I haven't been to. You've never been I've to Denmark? I've never been to Denmark. It's I've like been right to Norway. There, right? I've been, yeah, I've been to Norway. I've been to Sweden. I've never been to Denmark. I but just, I would love to go. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm reading these countries. I saw Denmark was on the list of, like, you can freely travel there. And I've it's, it's weird. I've been to Copenhagen so many times. And Christiana, have you ever been, have you ever traveled there? Negative. The free city of Christiania. Oh, oh. I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 like, declared independence from Europe. <laughs> and they're just it's kind of like no one pays taxes or something. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Amazing. So you can Communism go there. Works. It says now leaving the EU. I mean, there's businesses in there. I went and got a hot dog. Yeah, it was cool. There's a great burger place in Copenhagen. I, I loved going there. That was fun. Have you been to Amsterdam? Uh, yes, I have. Okay. Yeah. What yeah, do you that was think fun too. A lot of bikes. A lot of bikes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Too I, many. I was only there for like a, a couple days though. Did you take mushrooms? No, I went. Do to you a think con- you will next time? No, I don't think <laughs> yeah, so. I went to a conference and talked about the news. And then everybody was riding bikes everywhere. It was funny. Yeah. It's like the bikes have like more rights than cars. Yeah. First time I first time I rode a you bike in Amsterdam. Just for bikes. I, yeah. I crashed on the bike. Well, what, what happened? First time. Well, I thought it would be like an American mountain bike. And I get on this bike, this Amsterdam Dutch bike. On a Dutch And canal. I thought I was going to really impress Ava. Oh no. And I, and I ran into a Range Rover. Humbling. Yeah. Oh, Very humbling, which I needed. So good. it was good. All right, let's go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends, take that URL, post it everywhere. You can now watch the show actually at timcast.com. It will yes. automatically be posting to the front page, little flashing light live. We're going to be doing a bunch of other cool stuff with uh, infrastructure and, and uh, companies that are resistant to censorship. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a members-only show coming up for you at 11 p.m. Don't miss it. Sign up at TimCast.com. Let's read. All right. Adara the Wholesome says, Tim, you said go buy a billboard. Well, I can't, af- I can't afford a physical one, and I think Ian would argue that this is a digital one. Tim, take my money. Check out Adara the Wholesome on Twitch because I felt like it. Spin the UFO already. All right, I'm spinning it now, and I do agree with you. Billboards like aren't that expensive. Billboard. Let me let me let me ask you, Mr. Witt, how much do you think a billboard costs on average? Well, that thing's uh, spinning. You should ask Ava. I actually know the answer to this question. Oh, I you think, do. Because PragerU is actually trying to do oh, billboards no, across the country. Oh, so okay. You ask. I'm going to say something stupid. No, you'll be fine. <laughs> like you, like you no. see a billboard on the side of the highway or like on the side of a building. Like how much do you think it would cost in America? Yeah. <sighs> Gee. I, I, I have no idea. I literally have no idea. Is it going to be crazy expensive? Super or cheap. Crazy cheap. Yeah. So you yeah. can you can get. Um, for like 400 bucks, a Times Square billboard for, really? you know, half a day or something. I mean, you guys did the Taylor Lorenz one. Yeah. Didn't yeah. You? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. With the Daily Wire guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's, you know, I, I don't want to get involved in the Daily Wire's business stuff, so I'm not going to say too much, but we, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be doing a bunch of ads and we're going to be, let me just put it this way. We're going to be asserting ourselves in culturally dominant spaces, billboards. Right. Cheap. They're the, you can get like everyone should do this then right. on the conservative side. Just oh yeah, hundred percent. Bombard well, everyone with crazy. truth. Right. Well, yeah, but think about. Um, so it can get expensive if you're buying a lot, right? right? I think if you want to get your ad to appear in every subway of New York and on every bus, it's like three hundred thousand dollars. Wow. For how long? A month. Wow. Now three hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money, but think about what that is. Every subway, every bus doing a, a, a run of ads everywhere, like a couple hundred grand. That's kind of crazy if you think well, about Think it. about how much it costs to advertise on a major network just on one of the primetime shows in a week. It's insane. $12,000. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that. listen, people who run businesses, like even a small business, if you have like a, maybe you have a couple of restaurants, you're going to be making maybe a million bucks. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you have a million bucks in cash and you're a millionaire. It means your, your company generates the revenue. It is, it is not out of the question for, for any one of these conservative businesses to do these things, especially the Daily Wire guys. 
They have a Times Square billboard for Harry's. They could afford to basically take over a city yeah. in terms of just every major highway saying, you know, you know, it's, a, it's, it's also about what's effective. So for us, we're looking at ways that we can culture jam as, as marketing. So we want to do things that are going to, you know, we just, we just I, you know, I don't, I don't want to say anything yet because in a few days we're going to be doing something. So I won't reveal it. But I just want to make sure all the blue checky journalists are frustrated every single day. And, you Me know, too. so, mm. yeah. yeah. So anyway, Ditto. it's not. It, so in Times Square, for instance, there, if you go on these digital sellers, these, these websites where they do automatic sales, it's like four dollars per play of a video on one of the biggest billboards. Four dollars. So it's like, okay, spend 40 bucks and boom, you're there for, you know, it'll, it'll get you like two hours worth. Your, your video will play in, in, in a rotation. If you spend 400 bucks, you're going to be there all day. People don't, people don't know that. I mean, not everybody has 400 bucks to spend on something like that. But yeah, I mean, that's not out of the question for the average person if you want to do something ridiculous. Right. All right. Let's see what we got. Alex Lindquist says, just got out of a three-year coma. Please explain. Uh, aliens took over. Yep. Uh, rift in the spot time space continuum. Witches came out, cast spells, and, and here, here we are. A- and you're healthy. Yeah, that's right. All right, Spiro Floropolis says I have purchased sources say dot online and begun coding the word queue system. Should be ready this week. Did you hear about my idea? No. Well, depending. Oh, yeah. You can't sue Wikipedia for defamation mm-hmm. because of Section two thirty. Mm-hmm. You also can't sue an individual editor because they've made no statements. Mm-hmm. If you were to write on Wikipedia, Ian Crossland pet a dog. Well, that's not defamatory. Ian has pet dogs probably in the past year or that's so. That's true, yeah. So you've you said nothing wrong. Wikipedia has said nothing wrong. Then Lydia goes in and changes pet to eight. <gasps> she did not accuse Ian of eating a dog. Filthy All liar. she did was say one word. Who do I blame? You, who, who does he sue? He can't sue you and he can't sue her because no one said anything. That makes no sense. Right. So I said, I mean, I'm sure my, my, my argument is actually you can sue. Wikipedia should be liable, mm-hmm. but you've got to get the lawsuit so precedent is set to, to answer that question. So we have this idea for something called Sources Say. Someone gave us the name of it on the Super Chat. When you, when you, when you load the website, you're placed in a queue. In the queue, you're allowed to type one word. So we'll make an article titled Nancy Pelosi. And then it'll say, sources say blank. If you're the first person in, you get the first word. Second person in, you get the second word. Everybody gets about 15 seconds to put their word in. And then you watch the article write itself as everyone adds just one word. Who gets sued? I didn't write it. It's user generated. Not a single user made a statement. They all added one word. So we can write whole articles that basically say who knows what, because everyone's going to be adding random words. And with the Q system, you'll know what's before you. So you won't, you know, someone could sabotage it and write nonsense. But it won't fall victim to like the the Twitch plays errors where it's all a bunch of random yeah. gibberish. Twitch plays right. Pokemon, I remember right. that. Yeah. You'll see people; it's all over the place, and they're trying to struggle to get it to move. With this, you're you're sitting there. You have ten seconds. Enter a word. Read what you've got. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Maybe we'll have the time limit increase as the paragraph gets bigger, so you know what word you're adding. Mm-hmm. So it looks like uh, Spiro is going to have that done. Very nice. All right, Murph tries says congrats to Lydia on her first opinion piece for the website. Can't wait to read more. Tim, a guest you should have on is Dr. Lee Stillman. He has a sub stack and just had a great live stream on testosterone. Ooh, that oh, sounds oh, interesting. Really well, yeah. What was your first opinion piece on, Lydia? So um, for my first opinion piece, I wrote about this new study that came out that seemed to indicate that people who have more than two children have a higher risk of developing dementia later in life. And I looked at some of the things that might make that 
untrue. At first, I thought it seemed a little bit like propaganda to try to prevent people from having more kids, but then it turned out they studied a bunch of European adults, and they don't. They have much more of the state intervention where people will go to a nursing home instead of living with their families for longer. And I was like, that might actually be a sign of a deep societal issue. So I kind of looked into that, and it's up on the site, and uh, I'm excited. Happy to write for the site. More to come. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds yeah. All right. Mark the Mariner says, Will Witt, you are behind enemy lines by thousands of miles and will never see that goddess land. Or, or I'm, I'm sorry, never said that godless land. I don't know what, that, what they're trying to say. Maybe it's an error. Maybe talking about Los Angeles. Yeah. Move to Texas and convert mm. our California refugees to the Lord. Mm. Hell yeah, brother. So I heard. Uh, <laughs> I'm I was, on my way. <laughs> I was in Austin recently, and apparently the Austin liberals are freaking out. Mm-hmm. Like, apparently they're telling people, like, all oh, these conservatives keep moving here, and, like, it's changing the lo- the landscape of things. What do we do? Good. <laughs> Good. Keep going. Yeah. All the California conservatives should move to move to those places mm-hmm. and and absolutely change them. It was sad what you were saying Bring- about L.A., but I think before the show, you were talking about the homeless escalation of the homeless population on Ventura Boulevard, mm-hmm. uh, Hollywood Boulevard. Mm-hmm. You see that video of the guy he gets in a car accident? Yeah, yeah. we just watched, yeah, we just yeah, watched it. The homeless guys then surround him and Horrible. start looting his car. When mm-hmm. he tries to escape, they drag him out of the car and start beating him. Kick him in the head. Vultures. Yeah. Wow. Really terrible. And that stuff is pretty commonplace, going to be honest. Wow. I mean, the crimes that happen on Skid Row is... Yeah. Oh, man. One of my fondest memories of uh, California was in Los Angeles. And I was going to a shopping center. I was trying to get a bubble tea. And this big fat... That's your first problem. Yeah. Yeah, Getting a bubble tea. (laughs) Oh, I love bubble tea. (laughs) Thai tea. And so this big fat woman walks in the middle of the street, pulls her pants down, takes them off. No. And just... No. California. Just relieved herself. Mm -hmm. In the hot, hot And I was like, wow. Well, you get used to it. Uh, America. Poop on the street. I mean, literally... Like, I grew up in Colorado, and you don't see it too much there. It's gotten worse in Denver, Denver, Colorado. People know that. But, I mean, now it's just like, oh, you see a homeless person, you step over them. That's just commonplace. I used that, to go down to terrible. I used to go to Skid Row back when I lived in LA, and I'd hand out water bottles, and I'd mm-hmm. bring a camera. It was before iPhones, and I was like, I want to, or right around that time, I want to record these people, get their testimonials, and then put it online so that people can like help them. But they never wanted to. People were like, just, I don't want to be a part of it, man. Well, I went to Skid Row, and I actually interviewed homeless people. I did this for a documentary that I was doing called Fleeing California on PragerU. I did that about two years ago, all about how California is failing and places like Texas are thriving. And I went and interviewed homeless people, and you talked to so many of these people. I talked to this one guy who was a father, and he said, yeah, I lived in Louisiana. I had two kids and a wife, but I decided to move out to L.A. to Skid Row to be homeless. I'm like, you, you lived there in Louisiana. Wow. You had kids. I was like, but why? He's like... Easy life. You know, I can just come out here. They gave me a phone. Wow. I'm like, okay. Ah. They gave you a a phone. And then you talk to these people who actually work, like in the government offices with that. The amount of administrative – I mean, this is what Tocqueville talked about when you're talking about the administrative state and democracy in America. That you have this administrative state and most of the money that is supposed to go towards homelessness, $12 last year in California – just goes towards administration. All it's right, let's read. Useless. Let's read some more. We got Andy Leiterman who says, <gasps> "Watch the stream live on TimCast.com. Woo! You can participate in the chat if you're logged into YouTube in the same browser." Lydia looks lovely tonight. Oh, thank you. That's my husband. Sage like <laughs> wisdom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's the guy behind putting the stream on the site. So oh, got it. For sure. Yeah. The master behind all the technical Sorry. endeavors that we've done. All of these trips we've done. Have, oh, have been impossible. Andy. Would have been without Andy. Yeah, it's fun thank to watch him work. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's Machine. Fun. All right. He's got a limber body being a skater and all. Yeah. Eric Mack says, Tim, from the show yesterday, there is an atmosphere on Mars, enough for a drone to fly, and there is one uh, oh. and there is one on there right now. Yes, th- I was corrected on that one. Um, we, we talked about how there's a drone that they flew up in the air. That's crazy. And I got a story from September 2015. NASA confirms evidence that liquid water flows on today's Mars. 
Um, I saw that, yeah. Pretty powerful. All so right. I think it's under the surface. Corittian says, Ava, I have Dutch ancestry. They changed the spelling of my last name at some point in the 1700s. Mm-hmm. It was spelled H-U-N-G-E, but the U had a dot above it. What does it mean? I heard it's common, like Smith is there. Say, say it again, the Hung. name. H-U-N-G-E. With an umlaut. Oh, with an umlaut? Okay, yeah. well, that's actually very uncommon in the Dutch language. I feel oh. like that's German. So German. if you have an, an uh, U, like that is how it would be with an umlaut. So, so in German, you would have the U would be an U, and then with an umlaut on it would be an U sound. So I actually, we hardly have umlauts in the Dutch language. What about the single dot? Was it just a single dot? They said a, a dot. Is there anything like that? A U with one dot on top of it? No. Okay. No. Free Men Die Free says, Hey, Tim, you still owe us an episode with Ron Paul. Also, the Libertarian Party's National Convention is this weekend. Have Dave Smith and Michael Heiss on again after LPMC can save the U.S. if they succeed. Sure. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, yeah Dave's cool. Back, yeah. I just texted Dave earlier, man. I love that guy. He's so chill. Dan Ines says the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, quote, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan. <laughs> You know, I, I do love that, but I, I suppose if, like, you know, you were being invaded and some dudes in army trucks pulled up and said, I'm from the U.S. government, we're here to help, you'd be like, that's cool. Thank God. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's like, a, that's a good thing. That's maybe what you want government for, for yes. defending yes. you there. Yep. Culture. That's it. Rainick says there are 100,000 public schools in the United States. If we take this completely random amount of money, $40 billion, and divide it by 100000 the average salary for an armed security guard is about 33 k a year. That's 12 guards per school. It's not 33 k Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's more than that. Yeah, I guess it depends on the state, too. Yeah. I don't know. East F says, Biden, I did that stickers are appearing on formula shelves in Louisiana. Oh, oh no. Snap. <laughs> spreading. Wow. Stephen B. says, hey, Tim, did you see that Amala beat you to the Taylor Silverman interview? Uh, everyone also beat us to the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse interview. Yeah, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like the idea of this rush to, like, grab someone who, who's, who like, appears. But you saw the Taylor Silverman thing, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I've, I've actually spoken to her uh, quite a bit, and we've got a plan. Uh, I offered to cover the, the losses for the, uh, so for those that are familiar, yeah. Taylor Silverman's a skateboarder. She competed in a contest. A biological male won first place. Mm. Ended up taking, I think, like th- $1,250 from her. I, I did the math wrong, but I said I would cover the difference, right. which I said 2250 because I didn't realize she didn't win best trick. But, mm. you know, whatever. We'll cover that. So we're planning something. I'm just not a fan of this thing that happens in the, in the media where someone will do something and then every single media organization will be firing off emails like, you have to come on my show first. You have to come on my show first. You know, nah, I, I don't, I don't want to do that. People were like, why won't you have Kyle Rittenhouse come on? And I'm like, Kyle Rittenhouse can come on whenever he wants, but I'm not going to do this thing like right after his court trial. We're going to like email and be like, come on our show, not someone. Uh, yeah. yeah, why the rush? I just, I just, I don't, I'm not the kind of person who likes to run full speed towards the finish line to compete with everybody else. We'll do it when it makes sense. It's more about the quality than getting them on at the time. I mean, I think. Yeah. You want I something mean, that lasts. I mean, you'll watch Jordan, uh, you can watch that Jordan Peterson interview we did with GQ four years later and it's still great. Still yeah. It doesn't matter that yeah. it was first. Yeah, I, I want to have, uh, uh, you know, when I, when I got started with, uh, political stuff like when I got a bunch of attention during Occupy Wall Street it was mm-hmm. happening to me everybody was emailing me and calling saying come on my show come on my show and then I was just like nah this is flavor of the week stuff mm-hmm. it's like they want to get you on to get some press 
I'm going to do my thing, mind my own business. You remember so, we did an interview on PragerU years ago? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is like, you can, yeah. do you actually I remember was, it? I think that was just audio, though, wasn't it? Or was it, was it camera? Uh, it was like very basic. I think it was some camera stuff on it. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. I first started PragerU like four and a half years ago, wow, you were, was you were really one of the first ago? interviews that I ever did. I think wow. I was pretty terrible. <laughs> is it online? <laughs> is it up online right now? Uh, potentially, yeah. You can maybe, I don't know if, no, it's not online. I don't uh, know if I should tell people. <laughs> it's probably pretty embarrassing. I'm sure if you went on Facebook and you looked up Tim Pool, Will Witt, you could probably find the interview. Yeah. Will is a spring chicken. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Little yeah. boy Will. Oh, yeah. I think I was very clean shaven. Oh, nice. Yeah. You are now. I am now. Yeah. yeah. Right. Were you 160 at the time? Uh, I think 159. Oh, yeah. Well, so I've put on some muscle since then. Yeah. Some muscle. All right, let's read some more. We got, uh, let's see. Jean Sebastian Matt. Probably pronouncing that wrong. Tim, two days ago, you guys were unsure about Canadian prices because unsure of conversions. Gas today was $2,059 per liter times 3785 to convert for U.S. gallons times 0.78 to convert for the currency to USD. My prices here are then $5,079 per gallon. Maybe that's not correct. Oh, they use commas instead of periods, oh, don't yeah, they? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm. Oh, he's saying five dollars per gallon. Yeah. Okay, that's better. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes more sense. I you guys use commas, college. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> that's <laughs> wrong. You're wrong. Okay. Well, okay. we do <laughs> dates, of, dates of birth differently than you do, too. Yeah. Yes. Day of the month. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which it's, makes way more sense. Yeah. Your way Sorry, makes more sense. But yeah. No. What month? Day, month, year. Month, year. You start. Yeah. You start with the day, then the month, then year. Yeah. 14th October. Why does that make more sense? Yeah. It makes all the sense in the world. Small, longer, longest. Yeah. Don't you yeah. also American like? Really don't weird. you also put the adjective after the noun? Uh, not in Dutch. Not in Dutch. Oh, okay, that's a romance thing, isn't it? Uh, I think. Well, actually, in the well, depends a little bit. Yeah, in, in French, for example, certain most of the adjectives go behind. Not all, but most. I yes. kind of feel like that makes more sense. You know, it it would be like dog cute. Yeah, because like yeah. you identify what it is and then explain. The what specific about thing it? about it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. The yeah. dog cute. Yeah. Yes. They talk all funny like. Got to learn to speak <laughs> proper and such. All right, where were we? Ander Webb says what Will meant to say was about the industrial uh, about the industrial revolution is that it and its consequences have been a disaster for the human race. Mm. Yeah, I uh, think so. Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely some truth to that. I don't think disaster is necessarily the right word, but I think there are implications that people didn't comprehend at the time that have been hugely unsuccessful for humanity as a whole yeah right especially with what klaus schwab now calls the fourth industrial revolution right right. that guy sounds like a bond villain right he looks like one too i know what's up with that he was with the pfizer ceo today talking at the the forum that was really about all conspiracy i watched that it was hilarious the 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 pfizer guy is like i saw a picture of me in the fbi office it said i had been arrested and i'm like how did they get that photo yeah i I thought it was funny yeah (laughs) they made it dude what are you talking about that was good all right that guy says, Tim, there was little to no mention of Texas on last night's IRL. Was curious as to what was behind the decision. Not looking to criticize, I just want to understand. Ian, welcome back. Weeknights aren't the same without you, bro. Thanks, the Tom. news had just broke. The, the news hasn't had any, have any uh, we didn't even have a, a complete number on the victims. And we had two tech guests on. So I was like, I don't know how we like yeah. have a conversation about Texas with these like tech guys, these programmers. Yeah, we talked about it before the show and kind of decided against leading with it. It wasn't against talking about it in general. It was just like, are we going to have a robust conversation that actually addresses the issues or are we going to mention it happened and then be like, we don't know enough about what's currently going on? Like a, a lot of the information hadn't come out till this morning. Yeah. 
I think that's probably best. I think you guys did the good thing. Well, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like a moral thing. It was just like, I don't know what to say. Let's Pragmatic. just try and talk about yeah. what we can't talk but that's, about. But that's also the right thing because yeah. people will talk about things without knowing what to say. Right, right. It makes things mm-hmm. worse. Yeah. Okay, what do we have here? There was one I was looking at that was pretty good. Where did it go? Oh, this one's cool. Kevin Svensson Crypto says, Tim, the military, DARPA and friends, are deep into developing neuro weapons. We're talking about direct AI to brain communication. No surgery. DNA resonance frequency technology all remote. This will affect us all, affect us all eventually. You guys ever see the movie Gamer? No. no. The bad guy has like nanites or something. And then like if you smell it, he can control your brain. Oh. I think that's what the, what the movie was. I don't know. But did you, yeah. there was actually an army ad that got leaked by data miners that was for for the U.S. Army. That was for new psychological warfare techniques. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you see that? I didn't see it, but I heard about it. Yeah, absolutely insane with Ooh, this pensive it. music and everything. I mean, very trippy. Yeah, very talking scary. plasma. If you've heard of talking plasma, no. they, they converge lasers, like three or more lasers, into a point in the sky, and then it shows up on radar, and they move it around and make people think they're seeing a UFO on radar. Apparently, they can make sound project through this through this coagulation or whatever you want to call it, this conflux. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they can point it at people's brains and make them hear things. It's like diamonds are forever. The World Economic Forum released a video during the COVID pandemic where they said, oh, you know, face masks are now making facial recognition very difficult. Oh, no. And yeah, oh no. And we, yeah. ha- But luckily, oh, NASA yeah. has this technology, laser technology, where we can identify you by your heartbeat. Yeah. And they present, and you know, they had this type of elevator music behind it as if it's such a good thing. And they just, so they posted that as if it was, you know, I read a, an article. Most normal thing in the world. I, I don't know if you shared this, Lydia, but there was an article that said that AI can detect race based on x rays. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Everyone is that. mystified by the fact and that. It's a, you can and here's why it's a bad it. thing. <laughs> right. Because it's like when a human looks at a skeleton, they don't know, but the AI could determine with like, was it 80, 90% accuracy or something? Incredibly. It's incredibly yeah. accurate. I remember, hold on, quick story. I remember there was a, uh, uh, they uncovered a pair of skeletons that were like clasped in brace and all the leftists are like, it's so beautiful. No, there's no way of knowing, you know, how old they were or what race they were, or what or gender gen- they were. Yeah. And they're actually like, no, nah, if you look at the pelvis, you can literally tell this is a young man, this is an older woman. So not, not only that, they were mm-hmm. like, oh, you can, they yeah. were like, you can tell by the the mandibular area. Yeah, exactly. This, they were like, it's an Asian man and a white woman or something. Yeah, something like that. They were like, yeah. you can literally determine all of that based on these features. That's like, yeah, wow. it actually right. gets yeah. Biology is not politically correct. Yeah. It is not. Yep. Yeah. Too bad. Yep. It's great. All right. Robert Burroway says, not sure if you've all watched the show Upload yet, but as a social commentary, it seems pretty spot on for the way things are going. I did watch Upload. Have yeah, you guys seen it? No. It. Yeah. I, no. I, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's good. Um, there's some things about it where it's like, meh, but they really get to this futurism. It's really interesting. So when you die, they can before you die, they can upload you to a digital afterlife. And so basically, you have a guy who dies. And so at his funeral, there's a gigantic TV, and he's standing in the, like he's, he's in this virtual reality where his consciousness exists, but it looks like he's just on the other side of a window. We just talked about this when we started yeah. the show, like as a real thing, right? Yeah, but, well, in reference, how do we how did that come up at the beginning? When we talked about you know the 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 AI algorithms being so advanced that they can potentially take your thoughts and convert them into an algorithm that you can continue to talk to, for example, if your your loved one dies. Would we, you put your brain in a machine if you could? No, 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 no way. way. Yeah. Hell no. Would you? Um, 
Maybe like a birthday gift for her. Oh, cool. oh yeah, yeah. 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 I need an extra will. <laughs> yeah. No, it wouldn't be when I die. I'd just have like 10 <laughs> of yeah. yeah, Everywhere yeah. she goes. That's Here's what I want you all to imagine, like right? I want you to imagine a gigantic spherical blob monster that is black with hands and feet coming out and like moving out and faces going, like, oh, they like come out of it. And then you see it lurking towards you. And then all of a sudden the face of your, your, your dead grandfather emerges and in his voice says, Join us. We are all happy here. Yeah. And then a giant mm-hmm. mouth opens up trying to eat. That's what that AI is going to be. Klaus Schwab's mm-hmm. voice. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. It's like your loved one <laughs> trying to convince you. Yeah. Trying to convince you. It's fine and safe in here. Join us. And then you're like, this is not real. They all float. That's what, right. That's what uploading your mind <laughs> yeah. to the AI is going to be. It's going to be joining that monster. It's going to be walking up to it and being like, please, I'd like to be one of you. No way. Yeah, I wonder if you can upload only like a copy in the, but you still are you that dies off. Then there's some random copy out there. Yeah, I think that would be the idea. Mm-hmm. But if, if, I mean, the thing is that what's so scary about this is people are going to buy it, you know, like they're going to be like, oh, this is a good thing because they're going to sell it to us under a nice pretext. So they're going to say to you like, oh, you know, wouldn't be wouldn't it be a lovely world if we could, you know, eliminate aggression mm. if we want peace on Earth? Like we can read everyone's minds and we can take away the desire to kill. Wouldn't that be great? You know, we can eliminate murder. We can have peace on Earth. Finally. Yeah. It's called being the Borg. Yeah. yeah. Same with those like DNA, 23andMe things. They're like, send us your blood DNA sample and we'll give you some information you like. Mm-hmm. And with this, it's like, oh, you don't want that? You don't want us to read your mind? You have something to hide? Yeah. Do you want to murder someone? They have that someone? for dogs now. Oh, they do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Insanity. All right, let's read some more. We got Joe Duraki says, Tim, for the love of God, will you shout out pop culture crisis more? Lids was on today's show and it was a great one. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, pop culture crisis is live Monday through Friday. At 3 p.m., right? That's correct. Hey, I got the time right. Yeah, and Sunday. the days. Yeah. yeah a little secret treat for you guys. I'll tell you in here now. I'm going to be on the show tomorrow. <gasps> 3 p.m. Hey, gave it away. Eastern Standard And we're going to, we're going to, we're, we're building on infrastructure stuff so that we can, uh, we're going to be doing a marketing push for Pop Culture Crisis. It's good. All in it's due good. time. Good show. Maybe even starting next week, but, um, we're doing a bunch of marketing stuff that we've never done before. And I'm mostly trying to figure out culture jamming as marketing because, who cares about buying like a commercial? People are like, why don't you buy a commercial on Tucker Carlson, Tim, or whatever? And I'm like, oh, we could. Or I can, you know. Think different. I don't know, throw a pie or something. You yeah. know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Right yeah, next people- to the MyPillow advertisements. Exactly. I mean, I had a really good idea for a MyPillow thing. So we made the Our Pillow. Do you guys know mm-hmm. about that? Yeah, I saw that. The uh, It was the burlap sack full of packing peanuts. Yeah. And I wanted to buy a commercial on Fox News advertising it. I talked to Fox. They said yes. We just needed a producer who could make the commercial, and this is where we like. We, I didn't have the the managerial power to execute, but here's what I wanted to do: a commercial where we have this like post-Soviet factory talking about how communist pillow is a better pillow because it's 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 hard and makes you strong, not not weak. You know those comfortable pillows? They make you soft. You know you need hardship in life. Hard times make strong men. Yeah. And then after that commercial ends, what I really want is for the my pillow commercial to start in the exact same location. And it's Mike Lindell with a bunch of MyPillow factory workers raiding the communist factory and him telling you <laughs> not to buy the communist pillow. And there's like, p- they're pillow fighting. Mm-hmm. I thought that would have that been the best great. thing ever. This pillow makes you soft. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> good pillow. My pillow makes you weak. You must buy strong communist pillow. That's and right. then Mike Lindell's like, hold on there, mister. My pillow is the best pillow you'll <laughs> ever have. And then they, they, they storm <laughs> in and kick the door yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the best thing ever. Be great. I bet Mike would be down for that. That would be the coolest thing. I think thing. so. 
It would be yeah. like a minute long, and you're yeah. watching Fox, and be like, what uh-huh. did I just what watch? Just yeah. <laughs> Can you get a thing in there about Dominion voting system? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's going to go anywhere near that. Yeah. The camera like spins around him like the Matrix as he's like jumping. Mm-mm. All right, we'll, we'll grab a couple more real quick. How do you say that? Tus Nolorum, Nolorum says, this is the first point in history with extensive enough spying to reconstruct an ancestor simulation with the level of detail we have in day-to-day life. What are the odds of that? If simulation is possible, chances are we are in one. Crazy. Yeah, I don't agree. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think that just because something is possible that that means it's probable. But you were just asking mm-hmm. what chance is it? Uh, less than one percent. I don't know. Here we go. What does it say? Neor Neoritter says you are wrong. Mm-hmm. Month, day, year makes more sense. Saying the twentieth has you. no meaning without knowing the month. It's just like your noun adjective choice because the duck is cute. So imagine, Based. imagine it's, it's, it's February and you say, you know, day, uh, what do you say? Day, month, year, mm-hmm. you know, how are you going to know if it's February or not? Right. That's the, that's the, that's it. Yeah, Ava. But you're all, you're all saying them anyway, <laughs> right? So I'm you're going to say there's no real the 5th of February. Uh, no, I agree with this super chatter. I think he's right. No, we don't say it. We say February 5th. Yeah, Will just wants to disagree. Yeah, I know. I know, but we say the 5th of February. You're adding an extra word. That's so inefficient. Right. Okay. <laughs> She's like, okay. all right, I'm, Listen, wise woman. I'm just from here. Okay, from from there. This is how we do it. Jazzanaut says. I'm a conservative. I don't like change. Okay. Jazzanaut says, would you kindly, a simple phrase, a man chooses, a slave obeys. Oh. Speaking of that, my friends, if you haven't already, already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share this show with your friends, and head over to TimCast.com to become a member. We're going to have a members-only show coming up at about 11 p.m. You don't want to miss it. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL. You can follow me everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, at TimCast. Will, do you want to shout anything out? Yeah, you guys can go to PragerU.com to check out any of our videos, any of the documentaries I've done, any of the five-minute videos. If you're into any of the stuff with Dennis Prager and his wisdom, make sure you check out his fireside chats. I'm on social media at The Will Wade, and you can get my book, How to Win Friends and Influence Enemies, anywhere books are sold. Ava? Right. Um, well, we just talked a little bit about the digital identity, and that's a lot of th- that's basically what I write about most. I have a blog called uh, Resist Much, Obey Little on Substack. So everyone who's interested in the digitalization, fourth industrial revolution, transhumanism, and well, mostly what happens in Europe with all of these things, because like I said, it's much more advanced. And during COVID, it was also much more advanced than here. Then please go check it out because you need to know what's happening there if you want to know what's going to happen here. I think a lot of the the resistance is uh, meditation and a clear mind with no thoughts. They're going to try and read your mind. They're Mm going to try and be reading thoughts. So if you can control yourself to have none, uh, that'll be a good resistance technique in the meantime. Done. Let's have it. I want to shout out the Minds Festival of Ideas. It's going to be June 25th in New York City at the Beacon Theater. And uh, we're going to be speaking there. Tim and I are both going to be speaking there. Uh, We'll have some special guests as well. There's a great lineup. You go to festival.minds.com if you want to check out the lineup. And you can get your tickets now. It'll be leading up to the uh, the event. Majid Nawaz, I think, right? Majid Nawaz. James O'Keefe James is going to be there. I mean, it's Zuby's going to be there. The wow. list goes on. It's hot. Check it out. Wow. See you it there. sounds like it's going to be the greatest event ever. Yeah, it's like Woodstock <laughs> yeah. all over again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Woodstock. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be like Woodstock. Thank you guys all for tuning in this evening. This is a very fun conversation. I feel now like we should have more couples on. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Minds.com at Sarah Patchlitz and my realm of influence grows. I'm planting the second Lydian Empire. I now have articles on TimCast.com at my Substack, and then my, all my various um, SarahPatchlitz.me pulls it all together for you. 
We will see all of you over at TimCast.com for that members show. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys.